3: the show you'd endorse. Paige is singing, of course. And Mikey loves a woman with teeth like a horse.
0: And Todd's getting winky-blinky because our TV is
2: hey. simply irresistible. It's so fine. You complete us to completion. This podcast is irresistible. I think these fit right on my face. There's something special in this spot is a reason This podcast is so cuz there's a character living Simply irresistible Damn girl you podcast with that
1: ass Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod you had to say hello I'm Paige Wesley I'm Mikey Randolph
0: and I'm Todd Schlosser. and this week It was the 100th episode, so we decided to watch... Romancing the Stone. So, first off, we made it 100 episodes. I'm blown away. I can't believe it. Somehow.
1: I feel like I only remember roughly 20 of them. (laughs) I feel the same way. (laughs) I only remember five episodes,
3: and it's like the five we did at the very beginning. And then everything else is a blur. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair.
0: I honestly don't remember probably episode 6... Through episode ninety-seven, I have no idea. I have no memory. Yeah, and Paige, you're two episodes away from having your hundredth episode on Horror Virgin.
1: Damn! Yeah, wow, look at that timing.
0: I know, right? Such a wonderful, wonderful time to be a Horror Virgin and or romancing the pod listener.
1: I know. I waited till the hundredth episode to sound like I'm cosplaying as Kathleen Turner. Uh, Andy, you're welcome. Uh, It's just because. I got off my eighth flight in two days uh, a yeah. few hours ago.
0: It sounds more like you're the baby of Kathleen Turner and a cigarette.
1: Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I used to
3: love this movie as like a kid and as a teenager. That does not at all surprise me. This seems
0: like a Mikey movie. Yeah. yeah. Like if someone made Indiana Jones but made it more like a Mikey
3: movie.
1: So I have fun facts about this movie's connection to Indiana Jones. We will talk about it extensively I mean, in Fun Facts. It's got this thing where, like, I only want to fall in
3: love when I'm being, like, under extreme circumstances, like being chased by secret police in a third world country.
1: You need to uh, go on a journey, find a map, turn over the Declaration of Independence, whatever Uh you have to do Uh to find Uh $120 and talk to a therapist about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, like,
3: I didn't know the trope of, like, let's make Kathleen Turner look ugly for 20 minutes was a thing back then. (laughs) And I was like. She's obviously very attractive. I don't care how many neckerchiefs you have on her or whatever (laughs) you call them.
1: I don't think that's what was making her unattractive. Part of it was the hairstyling. They had it in a bun. It it basically was like bun and like
3: she's got paint on her overalls. It was very much that. Yeah.
2: Which (laughs) was the 80s
3: equivalent of
0: ponytail and glasses.
1: Very true. And if you (laughs) want to know how bad buns make you look, I feel... Like, I am mostly dead and I'm wearing a bun right now.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Although, you usually bun it up for podcast recordings. Yeah,
1: because it's fucking 90 some whatever degrees in the hellhole that I live in. So, yeah. you know. I mean, it's like 90 plus, almost 100 degrees today here in Nashville. Ugh. Like, climate change is the real equalizer on this. Yeah. We had like a real southern ass storm right before, like the day I left for the like weekend of, of flights that I had. Oh, yeah. But it was so loud, like, the thunder was so loud it woke us out of like a dead sleep it was and like hardly any rain just thunder and lightning way too close to the house that heat lightning
3: baby that's no joke that's why they made that song yep
1: you be on (laughs) the yeah
2: Destruct! Destruct, yeah.
3: uh, okay.
0: Little AC DC, what? baby. Speaking of AC DC in the 80s, back in their heyday, what did you guys think about this movie?
1: Ooh, well, chooser gets to go first, right? Oh, wait. wait there isn't all really shows. Yeah. All right,
0: everyone at the same time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mikey, you saw this as a child. What was your first experience like seeing this movie?
3: Loved it back then. Still kind of love it? I think it Yeah, okay. It scratches an itch where it's like not serious but also like weird enough where you're like
1: okay okay it's kind of like vibes that way yeah yeah Yeah. honestly (laughs) this is
3: just this is better than vibes it is a better version of vibes but it
0: is a version of vibes
1: (laughs) yeah it's very close to vibes yeah Uh
3: the end where she's like you want to come back with me he's like i've got to jump off this tower and get the fuck away from you (laughs) Is Mikey, so funny no, He goes to murder that crocodile By
2: <laughs> yes. hand
1: I think Cause he just jumps into the fucking water Like he's like Rambo This is the craziest Captain Hook origin story I've ever heard <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, There's There's like a bunch of moments That I like in this film I will say it does it, it, it's not as interesting as it was as a child, but there's so many funny
1: things that happen in this movie. I
0: know. It's great. Paige, what was your first experience with Romancing the Stone?
1: I also saw this as a child. However, okay. I had the opposite experience of Mikey. I did not like this movie as a child. Oh, no shit. Okay, so why didn't you like it as a child? Okay, so so here's the thing. Um, I was, as a kid, a huge Indiana Jones fan. Oh, like, same. Honestly, yeah. Massive Indiana yeah. Jones fan. And looking back now as an adult... I think that's why my parents showed me this movie as a child, because it is not sense. a kid's movie. But I think they were like, well, she likes Indiana Jones. And it certainly is Indiana Jones adjacent. Like, I get that yeah. line of reasoning. Again, I'm going to blow your mind in fun facts, because uh, that franchise and this movie are very closely connected. Does in some, not at kind all surprise sa- me. Okay. Kind of sad ways. Anyway, so like, oh no. <laughs> uh, I think they thought I would fucking love it. Yeah. And I had not watched this movie since childhood. I had vivid memories of her character being a lot more like Kate Capshaw in Temple of Doom, which again, uh, once I found out some shit and fun facts, I was like, whoa, am I psychic? No, I'm not. Anyway, but like I remember her being more unlikable. And I think it's because as a child, I did not really understand her character. I think I had the same experience. And as an adult, I'm like, I am her
3: character <laughs> like, <laughs> Kate Capshaw in Temple of Doom is
1: Annoying Capital
3: T Terrible yeah.
1: And even as a child I was annoyed by her But in this movie watching this as an, an adult I was fully ready to not like it again Because of that And I loved it I had a great time today This is a very fun movie for me there are some, let's say, cultural and, and racial things in this film that do not hold up. Yeah. You, you got to recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was a fictional
3: country instead of just Colombia.
1: I Yeah. Kind of like vibes. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. wait. Vibes was a real. Wait, was vibes real or fictional? I think vibes was like Guatemala, right? Yeah. Oh shit. I'm sorry. No, yeah, but I I'm with you. I I want a predator fictional universe where it's like South America air quotes and <laughs> yeah. you just don't know where. Um the other thing I would like is I'm not a huge Michael Douglas fan. I think he does great in this movie. Like he doesn't he acts it well. He's doing the character. He's fun. He's funny. I'm just not attracted to him at all.
3: I think this is one of his best movies. I would agree with you. You know, he like produced it. Yeah, he did produce it. I was watching the credits and I was like, oh, he like made this for himself
1: fun facts will blow your fucking mind I can't wait I'm excited he's mainly the reason this movie gets made
0: so honestly we should all send him a thank you note
1: (laughs) yeah thank you sir I am not a huge fan this is probably of his films the one that I find the most watchable but I think for me the thing that would have taken this to the next level for me would have been like make it Kurt Russell instead of him like think of Kurt Russell doing this movie yeah I mean Kurt Russell's Kurt Russell yeah or Harrison Ford but then it's just Indiana Jones and I'm still here honestly it. this
0: movie as an indiana jones movie i don't see that being bad or this should be vibes too with cindy lopper and Thickum's gold
3: Bloom. that's all i'm saying
0: uh, god
1: no i just on
3: a different plane where like you have to like like be on cold medicine like really <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, got, if you're
3: covid positive out there oh yeah and you're taking <laughs> you a bunch of shit vibes. and you're not sleeping well like watch vibes. Just
1: drink a bunch of Nyquil and slide into Just it. slide <laughs> into yeah. vibes.
3: Like Columbo guide you to South That's America. Right. Columbo but what I the want is, is a shared universe where
0: Indiana Jones, the guy from this movie, uh, and thickum's Jeff Goldblum, like
3: team up to save whatever. Look, I don't think South America could take that. I think they've <laughs> had enough. <laughs>
1: i just picture i just picture michael douglas showing up and indiana jones being like you and he's like henry and he's like it's indiana and he's like the dog's name it was, was indiana. indiana
0: and just colombo's standing there for some reason even though he died in vibes he's back <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. but as a
0: force ghost as a oh, force ghost there- yes and that's how we link The Star Wars expanded universe
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> like mm, Palpatine's mm. back
0: <laughs> That last trilogy was so lazy
1: <laughs> Before I Before I burn Fun facts Yeah Todd what was your first experience With this film So my first
0: experience With this movie was This morning when I watched it
1: oh, um, oh I had
0: never seen this movie
2: What Wow Which
0: is a fact I've been sitting on
3: Since we were I don't know Talking Made the production art Yeah And the title <laughs> For like a year and some change Oh no wait I'm sorry two years
0: Yeah since the three of us got together Just to sort of like talk About what we were going to call a movie Podcast we were doing and I think Mikey Said what if we called it romancing the pod And Paige and I were like yes that sounds amazing I based the whole premise off of this movie I know and I have
3: not seen it and I've been holding This secret from you guys (laughs) For two years I'm surprised you didn't watch it like curiosity wise no,
1: I'm proud of you for not. Yeah, so I held
0: off because a, I already have to watch two movies a week for both the pods that we do. What a hard. Life. So I don't really have a lot. Li- <laughs> I know. Listen, I realize that uh, we are
3: spoiled individuals. I was sort so of. excited this week. I was like, today, this week I have to watch Jaws, Jaws 3 3D and, Romancing and the Stone. this
0: movie. I know. I can't wait to watch Jaws 3D. I'm so fucking excited. I couldn't
3: wait. I just watched it this morning. I was like, I'm gonna watch Jaws 3D. I
0: know. Mikey was messaging us in the group chat. You were on a flight page, but he was I like. Was, I this is so fucking after. insane. It was so great. Anyway, so we'll talk about that on Horror Version for Jaws 3D, though. Yeah,
1: Jake and I are gonna watch Cyborg tonight. Oh hell Rock- yeah! <laughs> yes, hell yeah! <laughs> We're continuing our JCBD
0: watch through. God damn it! We need to do a like action movie podcast where we just do like JCBD's
3: catalog.
1: And and I want to do Shoot 'Em Up. Because shoot 'em Up is one of my favorite bonkers action movies.
3: I will only do it if we can do Nothing But Trouble. Oh, Paige is going to fight you on that. If you pick
1: Nothing But Trouble, I'm going to pick Grease 2 for this. So (laughs) choose wisely, my
0: friend. Paige, can I just say something really quick? It's my choice next week, and Mikey's going to
1: hate what I picked. (laughs) You better not pick 1776. 1776
0: is not a rom-com, so I can't do that. So, yeah, it's not.
1: Okay. Although a
0: lot of the story is told through letters back and forth between John Adams and Abigail Adams. So maybe.
3: Anyway. This is not a musical podcast. <laughs> it it's
0: an own podcast. Uh, remember that. What you just said when I tell you what movie we picked for next week. So, if
3: you pick a musical, I'm picking Shallow Hal on my pick next time.
1: That's fine. I think we should do Shallow Hal. I would love to scream about Shallow Hal for a <laughs> solid two plus hours. And I would
0: love to get more informed takes about Shallow Hal from Paige for two hours. So, I have no problem with that ultimatum. So, anyway, let me just bottom line how I felt about this movie. Yes. Fucking loved it, man. Like, this movie scratches an itch that no movie since the 80s has been able to do yeah. it has a very 80s energy that is both fun actiony and absurd and i love every bit of it there are and Paige, there are some things that like ooh, that's not great oh, now yeah, right um which i i would love to see <sighs> yeah. like we don't we need movies like this now And I would love to see people remake these kind of movies and update them. Like, take out the shitty stuff that, like, was prevalent in the 80s and, honestly, 90s and early 2000s.
1: The new Sandra Bullock one that just came out is basically this movie. Yeah, but it's less, I don't know. This Is it not ah, as good? It's not as good. Damn. it! fuck.
3: Damn it, because it's got Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum. It's good, but it's not. It's, like, too comedy, you know? Okay. 80s um, movies walk the fine line. I think you're right. They don't make a lot of don't. movies like there this. There are not movies like this that walk that fine line of, like, really funny
0: but also really serious and, like... Escapism. Escapism is a good word for it, Mikey. Yeah.
1: Well, they're, they're sincere. They they are funny but also very earnest. Yeah. yeah. I think it is part of it. I feel the same way about While You Were Sleeping that is a very, very funny movie, but it's also very emotionally grounded. Sure, yeah. yeah, you're right. They take it, that's what makes
3: a Mikey movie, right? They they try to, like, make a movie, and they're serious about, like, we're gonna try to make a good movie, and we're gonna be serious about it. Yeah. Right. And then it just turns out, we're like, you see the passion, but you're just like, wow, this is great. But, like, you know, (laughs) now everything is, like, dark, and they remake stuff, and, like, oh, you remember your heroes? Well, like, they were. They got on heroin after the last movie, and now for twenty years, Star Wars got dark. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think we need that. I think we get enough of that dark and realistic.
1: I don't need to see Jabba's girls go hut to hut. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. I don't. <laughs> I don't need to see <laughs> Luke Skywalker <laughs> <laughs> getting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow, yeah, Jabba wow, the Hut got wow. me
3: too'd in an on trial <laughs> in the last film.
0: Like, I don't need. Like, I just need a. Sk- <laughs> Jabba left his like slug streak across my. <laughs> (laughs) floor after he was done i kept the dress (laughs) it's just this blue dress with like a slug streak across it salacious crumb held the camera i'm so sorry
3: (laughs) like all of it is done like like star Trek's done it everything they've remade has been like dark and depressed like I don't need every hero of my childhood to like be burned out and depressed. I'm already burned out and depressed. I don't want to watch a movie about that anymore. Exactly. Mm. I want to have hope in 20 years that maybe I won't be burned out and depressed. Maybe I go to an unnamed South American country, meet an attractive woman, and spend the night smoking marijuana with her while I stare at her thighs throughout the film.
1: Uh, yeah, this, this is a big thigh movie. It this is. is a big movie for thighs. If you're into legs, which I am. She's got beautiful legs.
3: <laughs> Lady. And like, it pulls well. out of nowhere. It's like, you thought she was muddy, but not her upper thigh. <laughs> yeah,
1: somehow completely clean. <laughs> you thought clean. she was muddy? Check this... out
0: this thigh gap.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> so do do we want to burn fun facts? Burn it all.
0: We're in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, man. Let's do it. It's the 100th episode. We can do whatever we want.
1: Okay. Five years before Raiders of the Lost Ark went into development.
0: Holy shit. So that's 76. Because Raiders yes. of the Lost Ark, oh, went into development? It might even be before that. Because Raiders yes. came out in 81, I believe.
1: Right. This The script for this movie, the initial script, was already in circulation. Uh, and it was written by a woman named Diane Thomas. Now, a lot of people have accused this of being, quote unquote, a ripoff of Raiders of the Lost Ark because the movie actually comes out later.
3: Yeah. Oh, but also like Raiders of the Lost Ark is straight up a ripoff of like 1930 serials. Yes. Which
1: this is too. I mean, this is meant to be like that. Who cares?
3: I like all films.
1: Yeah. Well, essentially, once Raiders comes out and Raiders is a huge hit, the studio is like, this is like that. We will actually finally do it. But Michael Douglas got the script, loved it, and had been pushing to get it made for a long time even though he was not attached to star in it initially. Really? Like, he was on as a producer and not cast, trying to get this movie made for years. Wow! Once we get to fun facts at the end, I'll go through who they thought of casting. I'm glad they didn't go with it. I think every other choice they had was worse than Michael Douglas, but I also am like, why didn't you call Kurt Russell? Anyway, so after this movie comes out, this movie is a huge hit. We'll talk about it in box office. The woman who wrote this movie gets hired to do another movie, that movie would be the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. What? No. The bad one? No. However, so she was in pre-production on this. It was not titled at the time, but the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, what would become Temple of Doom.
3: Which comes out the same year this movie does.
1: It's a prequel. It does. It takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark in the 30s. It does. It does. But she was working on the sequel movie wise, just like the next movie with Steven Spielberg. But two weeks before the sequel to this comes out, because they make this and then they rush to get a sequel out for this movie. And she does help write the sequel as well. The sequel does not do as well, but it doesn't matter because she never lives to see it. Uh, Michael Douglas is so excited that the sequel's coming out, he buys her a Porsche as a present for her work on the film she was still in contract and working on the Indiana Jones franchise based on her work on these movies. When she let her friend drive the Porsche, she was in the passenger seat. Her friend caused an accident that killed her instantly. Oh my
2: God.
1: And so they were forced to take whatever she had worked on for the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then that becomes the basis for what becomes Temple of Doom. What? For Temple of Doom to come out.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Now, granted, I don't really think they used what she wrote. I think See, but they had- They may have some
3: plot points,
0: but they definitely- Yeah,
1: I think they had to scrap most of it. That
3: movie does not scream written by a woman at all.
1: No, no. Well, and because she did not get far enough into it. Now- this movie, even though it was written by a woman, actually undergoes two different rewrites to make it more female friendly. Oh. Which is very interesting. We'll talk about those in Fun Facts They because they'll make more sense after we've talked about the actual movie. Yeah, okay. But there is intense studio notes and audience notes from early screenings that caused this movie to go from what was much more Indiana Jones-like two kind of feminizing sections of the movie to make it more appealing to female viewers, which is fascinating because in the 80s that just like, didn't fucking happen yeah I, I mean honestly that's not the time that, that might
3: happen now
1: right? I was expecting yeah. a lot
3: more sexism to be uh, on, a, yeah. on an adult rewatch I of this movie I did
1: because I felt like as a kid I remembered him being more sexist and more gruff like being more of an Indiana Jones to yeah, be honest yeah. with you because as much as I love Indiana Jones homeboy sexist as hell there's some questionable relationships in those movies. Absolutely,
0: but that I would say that that's more period specific because that movies take place in like the 30s and 40s, right?
1: Yeah, he was a super big liberal back then, but like things have changed. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think it's also because he's the main character of those movies. So he's driving it. He and people wanted to be Han Solo. And Han Solo, as much as we love him, is an asshole. So like yeah. that's kind of what they want. Which is the whole fucking point of
3: Han Solo's character development is that he became not an asshole. Then don't turn him back into like a deadbeat dead asshole. I can't I can't talk
2: about
1: that. We it. we can't we can't get into Star Wars today. But what I think is kind of the difference with this movie, because our main character actually is a woman and she's going on a journey of being kind of meek and a little bit of a homebody to gaining confidence in herself and it being more... Exploratory Yeah
0: I mean she lives out One of her books Love it Me too Love
1: that for her
0: Paige same And I love that she Is not like A romance novelist That is completely Disillusioned with the Thought of love Like she really I know really they always Depict in people love. that way She's I little, love so that romantic. I really love that She is like Finishing her book Crying and because crying. she's so moved by also by her
1: own book. That's sort Hilarious. of like a shitty, like, I mean, you wouldn't really see an author do that. I don't think, no, you totally oh, would. You totally I, would. I, I'm gonna argue with that, but not from a point of I'm great, uh, but more from a point of to write believable characters, you have to live in their skin a little bit, okay. And sometimes that will affect you emotionally.
0: I just don't think Stephen King is like hiding behind a pillow while he types out his short stories. I've teared up right. Writing a love
3: letter to someone I was dating, so I can get it. And Mikey, it was very sweet. I appreciate oh, it. Oh no! As
2: the person who has <laughs>
1: like written scripts and novels, I cry almost every time. Oh, you and I write different scripts, then. I mean, people buy mine, <laughs> you know. But no, I, I cry almost every, especially when there's sad stuff. Like if if a character is encountering something sad, I cry when I do the
3: Patreonicals
1: every time i have to edit it out it's like 15 <laughs> minutes of weeping sad stuff happens all the time yeah but like i don't know if the person who wrote like 365 cried no. i don't think i mean probably jerked off a lot but not <laughs> cried,
3: <laughs> but not cried. <laughs> if he had a deal where he was already optioned to write that script i would cry tears of joy being like this shit's gonna make me so much money <laughs>
1: yeah Absolutely, and then he reaches out of the shower Cha-ching! and chokes her back into the
0: shower. Page, he chokes her back into the shower. Just writing blank checks. How is that movie not going to be? I mean, it was a hit. It was a hit. Of course, it's it a, was a hit. hit. Anyway, we'll be talking about it next week. It's fine. Yeah. No, I, I'm just uh, joking. We're not doing that movie. No, We're uh, doing did- a musical. Yeah, oh, oh, fuck.
1: Because no. <laughs> it is it's, the next one's coming out August August nineteenth.
0: Oh my God! Whoever has the episode right before that, we've got to do three sixty five and then three sixty five so, two and then 365 three
1: sixty five three in space. Well, I doubt uh, we should not do them all at once. That's a lot. It is but a I will, lot. Of- I'm watching that the day it comes out. Yeah, I mean, you know, porn. I get
0: it. So, do you guys want to talk about this movie? Maybe. I mean, there's not enough porn in it, but
1: sure. I mean, it
0: opens on a tit. Like this movie opens on a
3: boob. They don't make them like they used to.
1: (laughs) I don't think they made those like they used to either. Those may have been purchased. Oh, wait, are you talking about boobs or movies? Hang on. What are we talking about? I'm talking about movies. Yeah, me too. Well, okay. Uh, Paige was talking about boobs. Well, because you said they don't make them like they used to. I'm like, you're damn right. Boob technology has changed over the years, and I would argue that it's gotten better.
0: Uh, I mean, it certainly has, yes.
1: Yeah, now they make them look more natural. They do. Or unnatural if you want them to look unnatural. It's you whatever have the, the choice. look you want,
0: they can nail it.
1: They can nail it. Yeah. If you want three, like Total Recall, they got you, fam. Shit,
0: I bet they could. Like, no joke? I'm sure they they could. could. Yeah.
1: They could put a quad on you? No, no, (laughs) like the three-tit lady. But I bet Uh, they could also put air horn noises inside them if you wanted. What if,
3: like, you had a friend who's like, I got a boob job, and then, like, she opened her shirt up, and it was just a quad
0: (laughs) 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 All I'm thinking right now is, like having someone implant bluetooth speakers into their boobs and we would just call it boobtooth speakers <laughs> yeah. and
1: i am here for that my brain went a completely third direction when you said i got a boob job and i pictured someone lifting their shirt and one of the boobs is just driving for uber
0: <laughs> dude this gig economy, gig is, rough economy. Yeah. Gig yeah. economy yeah. is rough on everybody gig economy is rough on everybody
1: driving for boober <laughs> Oh, God. Maybe we should just get into this movie. Can we just get into this movie, please? So this movie opens on a boob uh, and it is narrated by Kathleen Turner. And it's essentially like the ending kind of scene from one of her novels where Angeline is our our heroine and she throws knives to kill this cowboy guy. But then he's got brothers and they're chasing after her. (laughs) But then, just (laughs) when it looks like she's in trouble, Jesse rides up on the ridge and saves her and then puts her on his horse and they ride off into the sunset. And get married. Well, of course. And get married and have babies, but babies that they somehow don't have to care for so they can keep fucking for like four more books. So,
0: a few things that I love about this like the way it's revealed the guy she kills also like raped her sister and killed her dad. Oh, she just stole my Bible and kicked my dog. And (laughs) And then the guy she killed three brothers are like coming at her on horses and then the guy comes up like he's probably a mile away he yeah, takes yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. like a revolver and just shoots three shots and then it cuts back to the guys on horses and all of them are just on the ground like they have been <laughs> yeah. shot a while ago
1: yeah just and, quietly laid down <laughs> and that made me laugh like it was just
0: so funny and then the way they like ride towards each other get off their horses and then run towards each other I don't know it was just very silly to me I it, and then it. ride off
1: trail. Trailing one horse when they could have easily both ridden off on horses a la Princess Bride. Yes, um, it's wild. one of the things and, and it is later, but just the the shooting from a mile away made me think of it. There's a shot later in this movie where Michael Douglas loads his shotgun and then fires off conservatively. 12 shots without reloading. <laughs> oh
3: yeah. He's got like a sawed off shotgun and then he's trying to shoot people so far away.
1: Yeah, like my, I'm like, you don't have a sniper rifle, asshole.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, okay. So depending upon the type of buckshot he had, it's possible that he could shoot someone far away. You would need a slug shot and not a scatter shot. But not with but a like, not with a sawed off, he would need a long barrel. I mean, you could still shoot, like, a solid slug out of a shotgun that's sawed off. It would just be wildly inaccurate.
1: (laughs) Well, not only inaccurate, at a certain point, I feel like, especially, and uh, again, me not guns good, so me no no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, potentially, if the guy's far enough away, I just picture it, like, hitting him in the shoulder like a hacky sack someone threw, like, ow! And then just still running. There is a comedy
3: (laughs) western with Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Okay. And he's deaf and he can't shoot at all i think sinbad's in it and they give him a sawed off shotgun and he tries to duel somebody from far away and it basically is like hitting him with a beanbag from across town (laughs) and then he runs away yeah so the movie you're referring
0: to mikey is called the cherokee kid and how dare you not know it by name
3: (laughs) is sinbad in it
0: Yes. The description <laughs> of the. <laughs> the description is a child's parents are killed by a vicious land grabber, but years later, the child grows into a man, a man ready for revenge. That man, Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is it a romance?
0: <laughs> I'll check. This movie came out in 96. Oh, no. This is a TV movie,
2: guys. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. How have I seen
3: this? I watched every movie in the 90s. Yeah.
0: The Cherokee Kid is a 1996 American made-for-television Western film.
3: <laughs> it was It was for HBO. They made
0: it for ah! HBO. Oh, okay. That's how you saw it. Mikey, we need to watch this tonight.
3: I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't
0: Bad. <laughs> I did just check. It's no longer on HBO. You have to run oh. it from like Amazon or something. So if you want to see a
3: movie with
0: Sinbad and Burt Reynolds. What? Yeah, Burt Reynolds is in this movie. Uh, You'll have to run it for $2.99 on Amazon.
1: I can't. I'm already <laughs> watching Cyborg tonight.
0: Oh my God. I have to oh. watch this immediately. All
1: right. Well, whatever. Let's just get let's just jump anyway, into the- How we, are
0: we-, we are already in the movie. We just immediately derailed. So. <laughs> We are the worst. 100
1: episodes down, still don't know how to do this. <laughs> Same format. <laughs> they run, they kiss. He puts her on the back of his horse and then drags her horse along. They ride off into the sunset yeah. forever. And then we cut to Kathleen Turner in her apartment. Fully just sobbing.
0: Crying. Yeah. Fully sobbing. As she like pulls out the last page from her typewriter, lays it down on a what I'm going to assume is a thousand stacks of paper, and then she like cracks her knuckles and she's like, nailed it. It's time to uh get my kitty
3: Romeo some food. This is how I picture Paige reading her romance novels. I mean,
1: not far off.
0: Yeah. She comes home from the, the busted bodice. What's it called? Ripped bodice. I think busted sounds a little bit better. Whatever. Because like busts never Busted mind.
1: sounds broken.
3: But busted makes me feel good.
1: BLADIM! BRADY! <laughs>
2: Uh,
3: anyway listen we are all in silly moods and i'm fucking here for
2: it anyway
1: i'm so tired
0: (laughs) so it's like paige returning home from the ripped bodice
1: and she's like
0: gonna feed her kitty before she gets into it
1: yeah okay here here's the thing i think in this scene because they just they show her like she's out of tissue she's out of toilet paper she's out of paper towels and she has post-it notes for herself all over the house yeah and i think they're trying to make this look like she's a writer and she's been like really invested into writing this book. And I'm like, this is just neurotypical ADHD behavior. Yeah, And I was like, Oh, this is my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have post notes right now to buy allergy medicine to take with me on my next round of flights. I have uh, post-it notes to move scenes in a script that I have to send to somebody. Like, this is, we're very similar. And I didn't understand that as a child, but as an adult, I'm like, of course your cat's your best friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like Although, yeah, I liked it. She's a sweet lady Who has like an awesome cat Named Romeo I'm here for it
1: The cat was a late addition We will talk about it In fun Oh
0: Well Romeo's adorable I, I'm, a, I'm a fan Romeo of Romeo Yeah
1: Is adorable My cat Dennis I used to put a cat bed On my desk When I would write Because he would then oh, Sit yeah? in the cat bed While I wrote <coughs> There I had a cat beanie baby On my desk uh, Anyway
0: <laughs> So you just showed it On camera And made a cat sound With your mouth <laughs>
3: Yeah Yeah leave that In the episode please
1: It's Vintage
0: Is it worth a million dollars Like they said it was going to be when At the time?
1: Of course not Because it's the NFTs of the 90s uh, But also I wouldn't <laughs> give it up anyway Because I love him
3: I will say the collapse of cryptocurrency Has been a very satisfying turn of events for me
0: Hey, hey, you know what? Let me just say this it, It's easy to make fun of NFT bros And cryptocurrency bros Now that everything has crashed But it was also super easy To make fun of them Whenever <laughs> yeah, they was. started too Because it was clearly a scam From the beginning <laughs> Less cryptocurrency yeah. Like there are some crypto. Currencies that are still around I think Like Bitcoin I think is still around But like the NFT shit is like like money laundering for nerds Just like art is money laundering for non-nerds
1: I mean, you could also just enjoy owning some art, but like the the whole like I bought this digital picture of a monkey. That's just it represents a place on the blockchain. I'm like, OK, cool. Me and my princess Diana bear are going to sit over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm going to go ahead and right click on your picture of a monkey and also own that picture of a the- monkey. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You know how much I paid for mine?
3: About a hundred million less than you paid for yours. You know what has gained value? My micro machines.
2: Really?
0: Yeah, it's because that guy OD'd on cocaine. That's how they got him to talk so fast. The
1: micro machine guy? Yeah. No, this is a joke. He was on I Love the '90s.
3: Yeah, I don't know if he OD'd on cocaine, but like, it's believable, what? right? No, that does not put intrinsic value on my micro machines. You know
0: what doesn't have intrinsic value? Your micro <laughs> machines.
1: <laughs> machines? I was gonna say I, I'd be more interested in your micro machines if they're like it killed a man. Like, <laughs> me, me too. Na- now I'm if into. If you it.
0: had the micro machine that he swallowed in a drunken rage, that would be worth money. If you would like collected it out of his stool
3: because of you two, I have. to to become a serial killer who puts micro-machines in the throat of my victims.
1: Yeah, there you go. Because otherwise, you'd have to be like, this is the one that he cut up into a line and tried to snort. You <laughs> like-
3: found another body in the river with an X-wing in his throat.
1: Yeah,
2: Wait,
0: hold that thought Why did that make you think of anything? (laughs) She's up, she just left She's walking away This episode's gonna take fucking forever to record, Mikey We have been talking for 50 minutes
1: I couldn't reach my X-Wing But you could put a sand crawler in in someone's throat
0: Wow, you actually have a mini sand crawler yeah, of course I oh do. Oh my God, now yes! Mikey is yes! leaving.
1: Am I the only one who doesn't still have childhood toys? Yes, uh, and uh, to be honest, I do have a mini X-Wing. I just couldn't reach it because it's,
0: it's <laughs> high up. It flew too high, Paige. It's your Icarus. But I do have the sand crawler.
1: Oh my God, Mikey has the exact
0: same ah! Ah! sand crawler. Oh yes. Wow! <laughs> god
1: what is happening do you feel left out now todd i'm gonna
0: need a fan to send (laughs) todd send me a micro machine sand crawler okay this is a
3: this is a secret i've been holding on to for a decade i have a huge micro machine collection but they're also like very tiny so like a huge collection is also like in a small box but i ended up getting them you know what mikey Good for you. I don't show them to anybody. Like, that's, like,
1: <laughs> Until now.
3: Until Paige pulled out one. I was like, I have a snake crawler as well. <laughs>
1: I think they are the same one too. It, I, think we... I can verify for you. I am a
0: non-biased third party, as I do not have one. They are exactly the same.
1: Do you have the little
0: X wing? Okay, this cannot be the. Do you have this micro machine podcast? Okay, we have to move on. Anyway, whatever.
1: So, uh, she lives alone with a lot of post-it notes and a cat. Same girl, same. And giant headphones.
0: Yes, but it was the 80s. Like, those are the reasons that studio headphones are called cans. Because mm. the the ones she had were like look cans. like tits. Yeah they're oh huge. no okay
1: they're the size of cans okay yeah. God. <laughs> oh I thought they were noise canceling headphones.
3: No that's not oh, why can- my so why do they call boobs cans? <laughs>
0: because if you put your head between them and press them against your face you can't <laughs> hear anything.
1: Oh see I was thinking it was more because everything delicious comes in a can. <laughs>
0: That's not at all true fish Like rotel tomatoes I mean it's tomatoes. mostly
1: true Yeah like Spam You gotta fry up some Spam and eggs And feel yeah, spam luxurious and The wild mm-hmm. thing about
0: going to Hawaii was Spam's like a delicacy there They love spam's it
1: Spam's everywhere in Hawaii And they know how to make it man
0: oh, I actually had Spam and eggs in Hawaii And it was not bad
1: Oh it was amazing Yeah Do you have a loco moco?
0: I don't know what that is So probably not
1: Okay it's a bed of rice with two hamburger patties on it that already sounds and amazing <laughs> two eggs sunny okay. side up god damn covered in biscuit gravy so you just eat this like all day it's no, like one meal a, you eat a all breakfast day breakfast meal oh it's, i hate you, Todd. <laughs> if you if you're if you're like hey you know what i want to do sleep for the rest of the day oh, yeah, you're yeah. like give me one of them loco mocos.
0: you know what i want to do get diabetes and fall asleep You can fall asleep without diabetes.
1: I've done it every night. Not with a loco moco. That's not even a lot of sugar in that. It's a lot of starch. Yeah. But then other than that, it's just meat, protein, and gravy is like a little of both camps.
3: Yeah, if you hold the gravy, you're eating like Keto. Keto? He's running for governor in Texas. (laughs) And I love his diet.
0: Guys, remember, it's really important that you get out and vote for keto.
3: Yeah. Don't eat carbs, vote for keto.
1: <laughs> no. I don't like
3: it. Because I want him to win. It would be great. I do too. It's delicious.
1: It's not. Keto's not delicious. You're gonna have a bunch of liberal like
0: vegans like,
3: oh, I can't vote for keto.
1: <laughs> I can't vote for keto. It's all meat. And I don't wanna I don't wanna roll tires down the street.
3: <laughs> First off, I honestly don't think vegans should vote. <laughs>
1: Please, Mikey, please, Mikey, vegans, Mikey, vote, please. Yes, Mikey, to in, to ensure that <laughs> that our country does not fall into despair, we need vegans to vote. Nothing says despair more than vegan. But you know who's probably going to think that I'm a human and therefore not acceptable to be eaten or legislated against? Probably a vegan. Yeah, honestly, people on keto might not. <laughs> I've met a lot of people on keto
0: Who were like not good people
1: Who had like forehead veins And the sleeves cut off their shirts And they're like not a, a cut!" They're like yeah. shoot this antivore
3: into my ass You want to do what with your body It's <laughs> hard
1: To give up French Prize Give these people some empathy wait, wait why would you be giving Oh for keto you'd give up yeah, fries. It's
0: just Prize Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry Paige it's pronounced keto What are you saying <laughs> Hey maybe we should move on
1: Anyway, she gets some tuna for her cat and puts parsley on it, which I don't know if parsley is OK for cats. And I didn't have time to Google, but it makes it look great. Oh. Oh. Parsley
0: is safe for
1: cats to eat. Parse it up. Yeah. Yeah. Give them that cilantro, like whatever you need to do. My cat thinks cilantro tastes like soap. <laughs> I I uh-huh. also I agree with your cat. <laughs> and you know what? It's genetic. And I got tested it for it one yeah. time. Anyway. So she, oh, she also pulls out a tiny bottle of brandy, yes. which I thought it was hilarious that she had a whole collection of tiny bottles of oh, liquor.
2: Yeah. Her,
3: yes. Her mini bottles is hilarious.
1: And she kind of pours herself a glass. Her cat has her dish. And then for some reason she decides to ruin some perfectly good dinnerware. Like she, I, we were cool until she threw the glass and the plate into the fire. Full and and legit I was like, hey, no bitch. reason. No reason. Yeah. But then she passes out on the couch with her cat. And I was like. I don't been there a thousand times. So she wakes up the next morning And she's late for lunch. She gets ready, grabs her manuscript, and goes to a restaurant to meet her publisher Gloria. Yeah. Oh, I do. Also, while she was getting her cat's food ready, she opened her fridge, and there was just a single egg in it. And I thought that was hilarious.
3: (laughs) Look, being single is a rough time. Okay. (laughs)
1: How many eggs do you have right now, Mikey? Go
3: run count. I do. I have. I have like six left in that in that container. Okay. My fridge. I've been like eating healthier and cooking more. My fridge looks like an adult lives here. There's like.
1: Well, Mikey, an
3: adult does live there. I know. (laughs) I'm just being more
1: confident in that. Yeah, One of my favorite things is one time Andrea Gazzetta was here when our Instacart order arrived and I was unpacking it into the fridge and she was like, well, you guys buy like real food because we had like meat and, and vegetables and stuff and not just like frozen pizza. So... That was pretty funny. I think the biggest
0: but. flex of my life was when I bought a shitload of groceries and then ordered Uber Eats the next three nights because I'm lazy.
1: Oh, same <laughs> in there. And
0: then I realized that um I was super broke again after those three nights, <laughs>
1: and I had That's to like 150 start. bucks. To oh guess. yeah, it was a bad choice. That's we have to be real careful during the summer about like what groceries we buy because some days it is too hot to cook, like to turn on the oven or whatever. That's what your
0: apron
3: should say, Paige. Too,
0: too hot,
1: hot, to to cook. Cook. hot to cook. <laughs> <laughs> With just
3: boob cutouts for the cans.
0: <laughs> for the cans. <kids. laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this out of the podcast because this is a genius idea. Brilliant. Hey, uh, just a heads up. We've been talking for an hour and a minute. Maybe we should get back into the second scene of the movie.
1: <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> as she goes through her apartment, we see a bunch of posters of her other books. Yeah. Um, and what I do think is really funny is we get a close up on one of the publishers that says Avon Books. Which Avon did used to publish some books. Really? Okay. But also Avalon is one of the biggest romance publishers out there. And so I think it's probably a play on Avalon. Okay. Anyways, as she's headed out of her apartment, uh, she runs into one of her neighbors and has to help her with her groceries up the stairs. I love her asks neighbor, her, honestly. like... Yeah, like, why don't you take the elevator? She's like, alone? Rapists. And I was like, (laughs) I was prepared to laugh at whatever her answer was. And then it was a very real answer. So point one gross relating. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that she was
0: like holding out hope for Kathleen Turner's character that she would find love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like someday a beautiful, stereotypically attractive woman like you with a husky, romantic voice will find (laughs) love. Yeah. Weirder things have happened. (laughs) She is very hot Yeah she's beautiful She is gorgeous As she's headed out of the apartment building after helping her neighbor The mailman hands her a package because it couldn't fit in her mailbox And we do see that it is from Columbia
3: Ma'am I've got a package for you It won't fit in your mailbox
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mikey how many times have you dressed like a postman And Uh, used that line I peed in a bottle on the way over here (laughs) If you're into that. I'm
0: just a postman
1: (laughs) looking to deliver. (laughs) This dick is way too big to fit in your box. It needs more stamps. (laughs) Gotta pay for postage.
0: I'm honestly gonna keep the it'll send shields
1: down your spine I'm just gonna keep that line because it still works this is priority mail ma'am you have to sign for it also I I need you to let your friend know that it is a felony to send dicks through the mail unless it's a time traveling mailbox and then Ke- <laughs> that's how Keanu Reeves got around it. Then if it fits, it shifts.
3: <laughs> no, because Keanu Reeves mailed that dick through time. And yeah. he got a visit from the Tom time cop. Club and Yeah, time cop special victim tune in. <laughs> do <Doom, doom. laughs>
0: I see that You
3: have
1: put your dick in this mailbox.
0: <laughs> so what are you talking about? I am a American <laughs> born and raised uh, time copper. <laughs> I can't do a French accent. That was the best I could do. <laughs> I'm so sound- sorry.
3: It's so terrible. I, know, I can't it do any accents. way more racist than this film. <laughs> I swear to God, I was trying to do French. I don't know.
0: Like
1: it, You did French for like three seconds and then it went to like, not great. Oh, I'm so sorry. I do apologize. It was the French from like that end of the world animated video. <laughs> They're like, we are yes. the child. Well then have a nap. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's honestly my only experience with French people. And one foreign exchange student when I was in high school she was lovely we 1000% need to move on
1: anyway she walks onto the sidewalk and a guy tries to sell her a stuffed animal telling her it'd be kinky and I'm like no okay but by
0: definition of kinky I do think he's right it's just not something I'd be into
1: it's not your particular kink. Right.
0: It's not my kink. I do think it's probably someone's kink. Like there's someone Somebody. out there who has a like monkey that their hand goes in that they use in sex in some way.
2: Mm.
3: Like a like a ventriloquist sex person?
1: A kink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a ventriloquist is when the
1: monkey that's on oh, the hand God. kisses you, Mikey. Kisses you? Yeah. Yeah. Do either of you follow Last Podcast on the left on Instagram? Yes. Oh, okay. I did- See it? Do you you yes. saw it? Okay. The flashlight built into, yeah, <laughs> to a <did>. stuffed pierogi? <laughs> yeah, I
0: did see it. And that was not the first time that person made one of those.
2: What?
1: Well, I mean, look at the artistry of it oh, all. Oh, yeah, no, I mean they did it well. Yeah. yeah, like if 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 the implication is the the artistry Top notch. Yeah. Yes. That dude has flucked pierogies. That that person has installed a fleshlight into a stuffed object before. (laughs) So as she leaves her apartment, a guy kind of passes her and tries to break into her apartment. The superintendent basically catches him. And he stabs him to death. Yeah. And we never see that guy's body or anything anywhere.
0: Yeah, And there would be blood all over that hallway. All over. Like when she gets home after she meets with her publicist, like there would be blood all over that hallway. Bro, he had a silencer on that knife. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Mikey? I apologize. I did not see the (laughs) silencer on the knife. You can tell it was a silencer because when he stabbed, it went shh. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: I'm just picturing the opening of a Law & Order episode Where they're like bending down over the pool of blood And they're just like Looks like he made his point yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Except that's not Law & Order That's
3: CSI Doesn't matter I will say that this neighbor Pretty much gets what he deserves Because I live by a rule in my neighborhood called Don't start no shit If you don't want to get stabbed with a silencer
1: <laughs> Um, I would hope Actually, my neighbors do My neighbors are nosy as shit Uh, Because more than once I've had a friend over and they've been like, who are you? (laughs) But you know what? We've never been robbed. Yeah. So that's fair. That is fair. Uh, We cut to lunch with Gloria and Gloria played by Holland Taylor. Oh, so good. Yeah, she is great. Very hilarious. She's only in this movie for two scenes that were filmed five months after principal photography. Wait, really? Really? Yeah, we'll talk about it in Fun Facts. Wow. And she crushes both of them. Yeah, she's great. But she's great in everything. I mean, she was in Legally Blonde. Like, she's, she's great in awesome. Legally Blonde, yeah. yeah. And essentially her whole thing is like, she doesn't want Joan to be alone. She wants her to find a man and be happy. Because that's the only way women can be happy, right? <laughs>
0: well, I mean, this was the, the- 80s, so... It yes, was. I it guess. Was the 80s. No, I mean no, I mean. But that's what the '80s movies would tell right. you, right? I don't think that either,
3: Paige. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think I think it's nice for someone to love you. It doesn't necessarily have to be a a man, I guess.
0: I mean, if a man is what you're looking for. Sure. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah,
1: I feel very strongly that while that is nice and wonderful to have, you can be happy without it. Many people are. And I think part of that is oh, just yeah. being happy in who you are. And it's important to do that.
3: I think if you're looking for that, it's easier if you already love who you are. Yeah. And I think that's necessary. There are so many cats in this world that need to be adopted
1: yes there's so many fun names to give them somebody oh, actually God.
3: posted
0: in the facebook group that there was a cat that they were trying to get adopted like in nashville and i was like i really hope natalie does not see this post because we already have five i we can't what do kind
1: of a cat is it
0: it was a very cute cat
1: uh so she basically tells gloria like i appreciate it but I still think there's somewhere out for me, out there for me. I'm going to hold on to being a hopeless romantic. I'll figure it out. No, Paige,
0: a hopeful romantic. A hopeful romantic. I really did love that she was like in love with love, even though she wasn't like experiencing it, but like she loves love.
1: She does. And I will say that right after this point is where we enter the portion of this movie that passes the Bechtel test. Hell yeah, dog. Of course we do. Because we have two women who both have names and jobs. Having a conversation about a third woman, her sister, who also has a name and a storyline within this film. I love it. Baseline Met. So this is where we find out that her sister's husband was murdered in Colombia. Murdered. Murdered. And they only found the one piece. And we don't know what piece it was. Use your imagination. I
2: think it was the dick
1: piece. I in my brain it was the dick piece. They never said that, but I was like, wouldn't that be a fun piece to send to somebody? <laughs> But you could also get weirder with it and just be like, Is this an elbow? I'm sorry, ma'am. That's too big for this mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that checks out. You can't put that in an envelope. You're gonna need a box.
0: <laughs> She's like, Oh, I know. He's been putting it in my <laughs> box for ages.
3: When a girl asks me like how big I am, I'm like, Well it'll fit in the mailbox.
1: <laughs> what kind of mailbox? One of those flat ones or like a like a mailbox? mailbox
0: for me you'd have to actually like open your mailbox and then get the key to the bigger mailboxes that are under it to <laughs> unlock that to actually be able to what access
1: sure you five wing eats skinny titty what baby you wings. it
0: doesn't go directly to your dick bitch everyone knows that
1: every 20 wings you eat you gain a millimeter on your dick everyone knows this, this is common knowledge it's enough
0: wings for a week
1: <laughs> it's gonna take you a long time to get the length that you want, my brother. Brother, brother,
3: <laughs> brother you gotta eat your wings. If you want your dick to be big, brother.
1: Oh, the Hulk Hogan wishes your dick was bigger, brother. Oh, I shouldn't have had that sushi. <laughs> you
0: can't fail that dick. God, we are never finishing this fucking episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, in Colombia, Elaine, her sister, is like fleeing the country. Yeah, basically, like. She's packing all her shit. She's trying to get into her car. And as she's pulling her car out of their garage, there's a group of children with slingshots. <laughs> this was nuts. I've never seen a kid do the napping. Yeah.
2: it's. Yeah, I've never seen a kid
3: nap someone. <laughs> this <laughs> is that biblical story. David and uh, what's her face?
1: Elaine. Her face?
3: David and Elaine. <laughs> David and Elaine. He sling he's brings three stones and he slingshots at Lane steals her Porsche.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah.
3: David and Goliath. No, it,
1: I'm pretty sure uh, it was in Lane. Yeah. I read Who's the, the uh, atheist here? Yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> Don't quote the Bible at me, okay?
1: Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I know my Bible stories.
3: It's been David and Elaine the whole time. David and Elaine is what I grew up on. You're talking King James.
1: I'm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, new American new, Standard. New, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. know that it's Elaine, and Elaine is translated from the ancient Greek word yeah. for, you know, Portia. Anyway. Uh
3: huh. Uh-huh. Then David steals her car and goes and turns her into Columbia.
0: I really don't know if you guys think it's David and Elaine. Like it's freaking me out that you think it's David and Elaine. It's definitely David and Elaine. Yeah.
3: It's definitely Elaine. Yeah, Elaine was one of like in Mesopotamia, one of the It was a very fighter. common name in Mesopotamia. It was like the top yeah.
1: the top baby name. It was like yeah. Bella Khaleesi Elaine.
3: Translated to English. It's
1: it's rumored that Elaine's dancing is why biblically the town in Footloose couldn't dance because they just right. want to do by the bible
3: <laughs> you just can't pick and choose your verses like that you know right right you do realize i went to and graduated
0: seminary right Paige?
1: i can't believe they didn't teach you about elaine though yeah <laughs> <laughs> what it say on your plates does it not have elaine on your plates anyway so elaine takes a rock to the head is unconscious in the Porsche. He drives the Porsche up to the dock. They put Elaine on the boat where Ira, who is in cahoots with Ralph, played by younger Danny DeVito. They're cousins. <laughs> I was going to say young, but yeah. Well, are they or are they not? There's some debate as to whether or not they are actually cousins or if that's just a thing they No, I mean, say. they established them as
3: cousins. They're cousins, but like, let's talk about it. I think we all have cousins we actively dislike. And they're,
1: like, not real family. They're, like, halfway family. Well, when they talk about being cousins, they say a couple times, they're like, your mom was, so and there's not an actual, they don't, like, actually meet in the middle. So I think they could be cousins, probably are cousins, but they also might not be cousins. <laughs> Either way, Ira's obsessed with crocodiles. Yeah. And he has a crocodile pit. For me, that's the true love story of this movie is Ira and those crocodiles. Look at those choppers. Look at them snappers. Just like the biblical story, Daniel in the crocodile's den. Yeah, Daniel in the crocodile's (laughs) den. So they load Elaine onto the boat. Yes. And we get a conversation between uh, Ira and Ralph about how they're like finding artifacts and selling them. They're essentially they're grave robbers, I think is what they basically are. And they feel like they have earned enough. Or at least Ralph feels like They've earned enough That they should get out of the game
0: Well he says We have enough money To live comfortably The rest of our lives Right And Ira Who you cannot convince me Is not Jim Carrey In a bald cap <laughs> Is very much like We just gotta get One last big score Cause this is like His cocaine or whatever Like he is addicted To the thrill Of robbing people
1: It's the dark version Of Dr. Robotnik That's for sure <laughs> But like
0: Yes Paige
1: He Well in this one They've involved kidnapping And that's where Ralph is kind of like, I'm out yes. because they have to kidnap somebody to get the map to whatever. And he essentially sends Ralph to try and contact Joan in America. They're going to try and get Joan to come pick up her sister. Yeah. And Ralph is supposed to intercept her at the airport. Uh, but also that guy who broke into her apartment is not connected to them. That's a different guy. Yeah, they definitely overly complicate the plot
3: a bit. Or I was like, Oh, they're in a he's in a different faction.
1: Well, he he's part of like mercenaries. He he is the Nazis in um Rages of the Lost Earth Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So Joan gets back to her apartment, and it's been tossed. Uh, her cat jumps into her arms, so her kitty is safe, and that's yes. great.
0: I was very worried about Romeo at first. I was like, you better I show was. me that cat is still alive.
1: Yeah, they pulled a Jonesy. Yeah. And so she decides, she. the phone rings, it's Elaine. They tell her to come to Columbia. She decides that she's going to go, so she leaves Romeo with her publisher and tells her that she's going to Columbia. And this is where Gloria's like, it's not for you. Like, you <laughs> shouldn't go. There's bugs and like you know sh- you're supposed to get shots and she doesn't and like it's all bad plus we know that Elaine's husband got murdered so like it's dangerous you're walking into a bad situation
0: I don't really think Joan wants to go she just has to go because her sister's life is
3: in danger like I get that right because she's an older sibling so she has to go get her younger sitting out of this mess do we know she's the older sibling
1: I don't think they establish who's older yeah
3: I, think I know I think, we, I think we all know. I heart.
0: mean, but if my brother called me from Columbia and was like, hey, I need you to bring our map down here, I would do my best to get there.
1: I'd be like, why can't I FedEx this?
0: That was my first question. I was like, listen, I realize your
1: husband's dick wouldn't fit in this package, <laughs> but a map definitely <laughs> will. I'll
0: just mail it to you.
1: I don't know why I have to door the Explorer this down to you. <laughs> this might have been before FedEx.
0: FedEx started in 1971, so they were definitely around.
1: They were around. Yeah. But she gives that, basically, explanation that Todd just gave. It's like, it's my sibling, so, like, I gotta go. So she takes off in a cab, and the guy that we saw breaking into her apartment follows her cab. Yes. We cut to Columbia. She gets off the plane. She's clearly dizzy from being on the plane, because we know that she gets motion sickness, and she's very, very tired. And they have definitely overplayed the chaos at the airport in Colombia. Because I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Even 40 years ago. Colombia is a full ass country. With a regular ass airport. Like this is. They really make it look wild. Yeah, which is probably why it would have been better if it was like
0: San Salvatino, uh, South America or yeah, what some it was. just some made up shit. Fake yeah, fake
1: made up island. Yeah. yeah. They're like, welcome to Bogota, the capital.
3: <laughs> the capital. There are all the loose chickens at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like
0: that, though, which is like not great, even for the 80s.
1: Yeah, it's like a guy brushed three video game full of chickens. <laughs> and that's a reference for like 10 people. Yeah. And that's OK. But like the amount of chickens at your airport that are not cooked should be zero. And in this movie, it's a couple dozen. So like. But this is
3: before 9-11, so I don't really know how all that works.
1: That's true. They didn't make you give up your chickens at TSA. (laughs) (laughs) This is my emotional support chicken. It needs to ride in the overhead bin. My emotional support chicken is raising canes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the difficult thing about raising canes is, in order to get there, you have to go to the graveyard under your house and then dig under that yeah. one. To get to Raisin Canes It's so difficult Just like that story From the Bible Yep You know Joan of Arc And Raisin Canes That was in the Bible yeah. well, the, the fifth level of hell Is a Raisin Canes Okay
1: There are no <laughs> levels of hell In the Bible That came like That's true That came a thousand years later It's just Dante But I do like that The fifth circle of hell Would just be a Raisin Canes With no Cane sauce <laughs> You're like Oh shit A Raisin Canes in hell
0: Hell yeah Let me get a All this chicken And then like I'll need a sh- shitload of Raisin Cane sauce.
3: Yeah. Sorry, bro. You got a raw dog that Raisin Cane's. Why? <laughs> <no! laughs> well,
1: so the guy who was following her who broke into her apartment is also at the airport. So he was clearly on her flight and she goes out to try and figure out which bus to get on. And she passes Danny DeVito as she does. Danny DeVito's trying to find out if the flight from New York came in. And I thought it was funny that it would only be one flight from New York that there would only be one airline with one flight to New York into Bogota, the capital of a country. Um, yeah. Whatever. It's wild.
0: I wonder if this movie played in Colombia and if they were like, what the fuck, man? Our
3: airport looks like LaGuardia, you assholes. But that's how the <laughs> 80s was. They would
1: just straight up pick a country
3: and be like, they're the villains, fuck them.
1: Oh, yeah. This is Robert Zemeckis who would go on to blame the Libyans for things in Back to the Future, which by they, the Libyans... We're doing some shit, but they do, uh you know, portray them a little stereotyped in Back to the Future.
0: Man, when that Libyan gets the fucking rocket propelled grenade out the roof Love of it. their van, I was like, this movie couldn't be more 80s. And I'm here <laughs> for it. Hashtag
1: van life. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets on the wrong bus because the guy who'd broken into her apartment lies to her about what bus it is. So the bus that she boards instead of going to Cartagena is going to go up into the jungle. So... They put her suitcase on the top of the bus. She sits down the bus and Danny DeVito gets on the other bus. So they end up going in different directions.
0: Well, but Danny DeVito gets off that bus and then he starts walking past the bus that she got on. And because he has her book in his hand and her pictures on the back of it, he like, oh, my God,
1: that's her. And she's going the wrong way. And I do think it's funny that everyone's reading her most recent book. They all have the same one. I, th- I thought that was it's hilarious. It's not possibly out yet. Like, there's no way it's out In Columbia, Paige. I think it's the one before (laughs) that because she's. Yeah, it's the one before that. That makes sense, I guess. She's
3: like John Grisham over there, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She's the James Patterson of Columbia. She's the (laughs) Michael Crichton of this movie. No, Michael Crichton wrote his own books. He's not Dean Kootzing it over here. (laughs) Dean Kootzing it? Or James Patterson it. So her bus takes off into the jungle. She wakes up. And looks out the window and sees a monkey and is like, wait a second, this is not Cartagena. And so she goes to the driver of the bus. And causes
0: an accident, Paige.
1: Well, she trips over someone's pet pig on the way, so, like, she should have been more careful.
0: They do not treat that pig right, because later when the guy who's walking up to, like, he's, like, trying to kill her and take the map... He falls and they slap him in the face with this pig in like three minutes. I felt bad for this pig. It must have been a rough Me day too. of shooting for that pig.
1: Um, There are some things that happened to animals in this movie that I was like. Oh, you mean when they cut that snake in half? Uh, that's not a real snake. I hope definitely. not. I don't know, man. Like controversial
3: statement. Fuck snakes. Well, oh.
1: I think snakes are cool. Uh, Anyway, the, it's not a real snake, but there is one scene. I I, know, I I included it in my notes, so when we get to it, I'll let you know, where So they catch something on camera very real that is very dangerous to an animal, but then the animal just kind of walks it off in the same cut, and so you're like, well, I guess they're okay. <laughs> but for a mo- minute, I was like, no, wait. So, she's talking to the bus driver. He crashes into a truck that's parked in the middle of the road. It's a Jeep, and I don't know if it's in the middle. I mean... It's clearly enough on the road that when we see the crash after, it takes the whole road. You're going to not blame the bus driver? No, I I think he probably wasn't expecting there to be a truck there. I mean, like, the bus driver does crash the bus, but, like, also that truck is, like, in the middle of the road.
0: Yeah, it's not even pulled over onto the shoulder, Mikey. Like, it's in the road. It's in the road. And she is distracting the driver, which is a terrible idea, but
3: what I hate is... That there's someone on the bus who speaks English and Spanish and she does not go to talk to that guy. I mean, yeah, great, he is trying to kill her. She doesn't know that yet, though. Yeah. If I was on a bus and there was a like, person who was bilingual, I'd be like, oh, I could ask them to ask for me or they will tell me.
1: Yeah. So they crash the bus, scatter the suitcases on the top of the bus. Scatter all the bird cages that were in the truck Yes, yeah, because Michael Douglas is kidnapping Wildlife
3: to sell on the black market
0: Yeah, he is a bird smuggler Which, okay
1: Big money in bird smuggling
0: Oh yeah, you know how much a dude will pay for a nice
1: Cockatiel page I, I don't, but I do think Birds are expensive, probably I mean exotic birds, I would assume Maybe, I don't know So she collects her suitcase He comes to kind of Confront her behind the bus, but he basically says, hey, another bus is going to come, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Just chill here. Everyone else moves down the road. They're, they're basically walking from there. They're, like, walking to the closest town or whatever. Yeah. So she just sits behind the bus on her suitcase. He pulls out a gun. He's about to shoot her, and then up on the ridge... It's Jesse, but not Jesse. Some shadowy figure appears and shoots uh, the guy trying to hold her up, shoots at him. I liked that scene
0: though, because it hits his like water sack or whatever. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then it starts to shoot out. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then he like takes off the water bag and then like whips out a sawed off shotgun and starts wailing on this dude with the sawed off shotgun.
1: Yeah. But somehow manages to miss him after firing conservatively, like twenty shots. Yeah, Look, so he's a much bird smuggler, ammo.
3: not a gun shooter. That was very
0: eloquent, Mikey, and I do think you made your point. Mm-hmm. I'm a yes. man of the people.
1: So she crawls under the bus to hide. He shoots way more ammo than he has or loads
0: it is really cool though like when when the bad guy the guy who's like the butcher or whatever is running through the inside of the bus and michael douglas is shooting out the windows of the bus and then he jumps Mm -hmm. out the back i was like that actually is kind of cool but michael douglas doesn't have a gun that can shoot eight times in a row without reloading Right In movies, there's just infinite ammo, and that's how I go to movies. Especially in 80s movies. But the fact that they
1: actually do show him reloading, I thought was laughable. Like We also only see him load one round. Yeah. So the guy who was trying to shoot her runs off, and we will find out that he waves down another car, it happens to be Danny DeVito, and then forces Danny DeVito to drive into the local police station. Yes. Meanwhile, Michael Douglas is just like, hey, yo, all my birds have flown away. You're welcome for me saving you, lady under the bus. Uh, But be on your way now. And she is like, I need help, clearly, because that guy was trying to shoot me. Right. Uh, And I need to get to Cartagena to help my sister. Will you please help me? And he's like. He's like, no. And she's like, 50 (laughs) bucks. And he's like. Bitch, please which is such a low
3: offer for like
0: the even in the 80s add. yeah
1: even in the 80s would you like, like to know dollars.
0: how much of a low offer that is yes that is 140 dollars today get fucked i mean even what they settle on 375 is right. just over a thousand dollars
3: i think he only took that because he was into her same
1: yeah i think so too but also, it's 375 in traveler's checks. Do you remember traveler's checks? I mean, no. honestly,
0: I would rather have traveler's checks than a check from her.
1: I, I mean, a traveler's checks versus a personal check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think you can still get traveler's checks. They're just mostly useless these days.
0: Well, because everyone uses their debit card that has, like, yeah. Visa on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like they're, they're very outdated. But in the 80s, it was like what you traveled with.
1: I don't understand how they are any safer than cash. And maybe I don't fully understand how they work. But as it has been explained to me, if you lose them, it's almost the same as losing cash. So why wouldn't you? I mean, I guess if you don't want to carry a ton of cash on you all the time... But then isn't it basically the same if you're carrying traveler's checks? Like, I don't understand the point. Like, why? We are a group of
0: people who grew up in a time where traveler's checks were not used. So, like, I can't I can't answer
1: your I, question. I have nothing yeah. to contribute to this. <laughs> anyway, so we cut to the police station. And this is where Danny DeVito's on the phone and is like, yo, I'm at the police station And the dude that I guess has been tracking us, and we will find out is the head of kind of this mercenary army, is marshalling the police to go after this woman. Yeah, because he's like a colonel in the police or whatever. I think he's like a police captain who has his own mercenaries. Okay. You know, kind of like an M. Bison kind of character.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, This is just a Tuesday for him. Yeah.
1: I do love that Danny DeVito, while he's on the phone,
0: sees a, his face on a wanted poster and, like, goes to rip it off and then falls off of the counter he's sitting on. He's really good in this movie. I love Danny DeVito.
1: At one point, he's in the car and Zolo, who's who's the guy, yeah, the that's police his guy, is like, you look familiar. Have we met? And he's just like, no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he pretends to be a French guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. His French is almost as bad as yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think mine's definitely
0: worse.
1: So- It's raining. She's dragging her stuff through the rain behind him. And she is slow because her suitcase is heavy and they hadn't invented rolly suitcases yet. And so he throws her suitcase off a cliff and she's like, that had all my stuff in it. And he's like, too fucking bad. I do like how before he does that, he
0: asks her, he's like, do you have any other shoes in your luggage? And she's like, no, just shoes like this. And then he's like, "Okay, cool. Do you have an umbrella? No. All right. And then he just throws the fuck out of her suitcase. I love that. He's like, none of this was worth at all packing for what we're now doing. Right. Yeah.
1: So there's a mudslide. They both end up falling down the mudslide. Yeah. And she lands first and he lands face in crotch. Yeah. Basically. And as he pulls his head up out of the muddy water, he it takes him like a second to like, where am I? What happened? And he realizes that he's looking at her inner thigh and you just watch his expression change. <laughs> yeah.
3: He's super into legs. And so is this movie. Yeah.
1: This movie's very into legs.
0: Well, I mean, he's a producer on it. So, like, I would not be surprised if Michael Douglas himself was, like, super
3: into inner thighs.
1: His wife has beautiful legs, so... True. I mean, that checks out. I'm into legs. I like them. Mm
0: -hmm. Ain't
1: nothing wrong with a good old leg. I mean, thigh meat traditionally is darker Mm -hmm. than... Oh, my God. It's, It's more flavorful than the breast meat. But, like, I mean, honestly... A good, well-seasoned breast. You kind of can't beat it.
0: All I'm saying is, ladies, get yourself some cane sauce.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just pour it all over Yeah, pour it all
0: over them legs.
1: (laughs) So he gets up and says, welcome to Columbia. We cut to uh, the police station where Zolo is like marshalling up the forces. Like it's it's about to be on like Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. So we cut back to the mud puddle where he... (laughs) <laughs> wipes off that photo of a boat yeah i do like that he's got a picture of a boat instead of a picture of a woman because like his whole life girl is to just buy a boat. boat yeah that's all it's he wants guys boat. it's all he wants out of life he definitely treats it the same way someone's like i gotta get back to my girl <laughs> like but it's just a boat when the car crashes he picks up the picture and he's like
3: someday girl it's gonna take a little while yeah. longer but i'm gonna be there i'll be
1: there Just be my boat boat, (laughs) and I'll be there. Don't you know, Boney? Yeah, yeah, Uh, So he cuts the heels off her shoes and she's looking for she's lost a button. And then as she turns, she rips part of the sleeve off. He's like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, He cuts the heels off and she's like, these were Italian. Well, now they're practical. (laughs) So as they're about to keep moving, the marshal of cops up above with Zolo, start shooting at them and they take off through the jungle. And as they do, we're getting more information where he's like, who the hell are you? I'm a romance novelist. What is actually happening with your sister? Well, her husband died. I'm consoling her. You know, like he she doesn't tell him the whole story, Uh, but they're running and cutting through the tall grass and they get to what looks like a bridge, but it's a very decrepit old bridge and he's trying to hold them off with a gun. She tries for the bridge. And as she gets halfway across, she grabs a vine and her foot breaks through part of the bridge. So she ends up swinging on the vine to the other side of the crevasse And he finally sees That she's made it All the way across So he cuts a nearby vine And swings too And lands against The fakest rocks I've ever seen They actually bend oh, inward As he hits yeah. on it <laughs> But
0: Paige I don't remember What episode it was on It was recently though You were talking about That spray that made Everything look like a rock Like oh, yeah I feel like they just took Like a pad That you would use Like if you were rock climbing And you put under somebody They just right. put that On the side of a wall And then sprayed it With that spray stuff
1: well, and then he climbs barehanded up the up the side, so they get across. Well, as she's, like, drinking alcohol, and he's like, I'm about yes. to die, and you're drinking alcohol, and then he takes it from her and drinks the rest and of it. And finishes the rest. Love it. Oh,
3: so good. So yep. good.
1: So they run off through the jungle, because now they've effectively, at least for the moment, evaded Zolo and his men. Yeah. And- We have kind of a montage of them making their way through. She takes the machete and hacks through for a while. More gratuitous thigh shots. Yeah, like her skirt is ripped like all the way up the thigh. So as she kind of makes her way through the the jungle, you just get like a nice slice of thigh through that shirt skirt. Yeah, you do. And as she climbs up, she discovers a dead pilot and freaks out. Because no one's expecting to see a dead pilot. And he holds her to let her know it's okay. Uh, but they keep moving along the plane and find out that it's a cargo plane. So it's kind of like a little safe shelter for them to hide out. And they find out that the cargo was all marijuana. Yeah.
3: I, okay, so I thought it would be cocaine.
1: From Colombia? From Colombia. It could be, it could be either. Because it was the 80s. It could still be either. Yeah. But you can't burn cocaine. So for the story... It's true. Good old Mary J. So they also find a part of a Rolling Stone, which by the way, it is like a specific issue of Rolling Stone that they used and Elvis Costello was on the front of it, oh. which burned, fun fact. And they find a whole bottle of Jose Cuervo, uh, but they conveniently keep the label turned away from the camera every time they're drinking. But you can see from the back of the label that it's Jose Cuervo. And they start, they start burning keys of... Marijuana as like a little campfire. These are kilo. Yes. So they settle down near a fire that's definitely going to give them a contact high. And they start kind of talking more to each other about what's going on. Uh, he tells her about the, the boat and <laughs> his dreams for having a boat. Uh, she kind of tells him a little bit more about her sister and. She shows him the map. Uh, and as they're kind of having a contentious conversation where because he is accusing her of not telling him the truth. She's accusing him of preying on desperate women. Yeah. Um. A giant snake crawls across her shoulder and he cuts it with a machete. Yeah. Meanwhile, the cops go back to the station and they're met by an army of mercenaries who are now clearly going to be taking over the search duties. Yeah.
0: And like Jeeps with like mounted machine guns on them.
1: They're like Jurassic Park Jeeps because they are painted neon green, but then they also have machine guns on them.
3: Yeah. That's how how I prefer them.
1: Hold on to your butts. So (laughs) we cut back to the plane where he's telling her about his bird business. And this is where he also gets kind of into the the boat stuff. But he basically said birds were better than drugs. His (laughs) backstory is not very
3: complicated.
1: It's madness. (laughs) And he's like, I've been here forever. I came here a year and a half ago. I was like, what? <laughs> yes, I, I was did like, love what? that.
0: That was very funny.
1: <laughs> oh man. I want to know what he was doing before that year and a half.
0: Probably researching what birds from Columbia sell for the most in so America. Money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He
1: he's he's a real steed bonnet ass dude. I know. I think he went I think he
3: just like was like he worked a night I was to a stockbroker. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. He makes a note of some of the things on the map and notices that they're very close to what this map depicts as where the treasure is so we cut to danny devito who wakes up in his car as the mercenaries drive past and he you can see in his hand he's been reading joan's book yeah because a really funny thing that they like it's just kind of an undercurrent of the movie is that joan is actually a really good writer yeah and people love her books i think that's really funny yeah i think it's great anyway we cut to the two of them make their way through a graveyard into a town and we see that the mercenaries are kind of watching them from a hill as they get into the town. Local, like what I would call like street toughs are like following them as they walk through town. They ask one of them where they could get a car and they're like, Oh, up at Juan's house, the bellmaker. And they go up, to that house and the whole time uh, Michael Douglas is like Bellmaker my ass he's, he's probably This is a cartel like he yeah. probably Is running drugs yeah he's
0: like the drug Kingpin or whatever you call it yeah, yeah.
1: Right uh, they go to the door He answers basically with a gun Yeah and it is El Guapo from Three Amigos it is yeah Yes oh, my favorite Yeah our green goes falling from the sky Yes El Guapo Uh, So he is literally he and all the men are ready to immediately kill them. Oh, yeah. Until they realize that she's Joan Wilder. Joan Wilder? I do love how they're all like, in fact,
0: the bellmaker even says, This is Joan Wilder. I read her books to you every Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh my and God. And they that's were so like, cute. Joan Wilder. And like, everyone is so excited. And Joan Wilder. The whole town is so excited. And then he becomes like that aggressive fan who you need something from, but they want you to like, Hang out with them I I don't know It was very funny to me I was like Oh man I have been in this situation
1: So funny Because now As that's happening The mercenaries Have started to move in And one of the boys From the town Warns them ahead of time And Uh, they ask can we borrow your car and he's like oh i don't have a car they were talking about my little mule and they're like okay and literally the next shot it's like my little mule pepe smash cut to a monster truck just like do you like my little mule (laughs) He's like it's so yes it
0: is great though and i love he's like burning down through the town and then slams on the brakes because
1: there's a pig in the road and they're like why are you slowing down he's like i can't hurt my favorite pig my favorite pig and (laughs) as he's driving he's like this is the house where my mother was born that's a tree my friend he's like giving them a tour as he does it <laughs> it's so funny i loved it if you watch this again so he stops for the pig and he makes a u-turn to drive back up the shot where he's driving back up he runs over a chicken and the chicken tumbles under the truck and then as the truck keeps going the chicken like tumbles out the backside and then just gets up and walks away like it doesn't <laughs> hit any wheels it just goes on like a little you know like in sonic the hedgehog when you like speed him yeah. up in the speed ball. Yeah. it's yeah. like that But a chicken And then it walks away And I was like Why did they use this take (laughs) Like With a terrifying chicken They used that take Because Stunt chickens Are expensive And hard (laughs) to get Right And so
0: they like
3: Really had to make that work Like The worst part is If you read it with The director's commentary He's like We were sitting there And then we were all like Why did the chicken Cross the road
1: You son of a to bitch To kill Robotnik uh, No but what happens <laughs> What clearly happens is They made the U-turn And they had to do it In two different shots Yeah So he starts the U-turn And then the next shot Picks up And he's already through Part of the U-turn And that's where the car Starts from And it's very clear That they started The car And the chicken was just Under the car And they didn't realize yeah. Um But if you watch it closely You'll watch a, a chicken Kind of spin under the car For a sec And then Get out the end and just walk away like, what the fuck was that? What the bugock was that? <laughs> <laughs> what the
3: fuck? I mean, granted, I have killed a lot of chickens in my life. I mean, un- un-
0: I mean, I don't think you have, but you have eaten a lot of chicken.
3: I have contributed it to this. Th- <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure you've choked a lot of chicken in your life, but I doubt <laughs> you killed them yourself. No, I haven't killed any chickens myself, but no. like I have paid for people to kill those chickens and make me. I eat their babies, too.
1: Oh, same. Uh, We go through about a dozen of their babies every two to three days.
3: Actually, they're not babies, and
0: that's an important distinction. Yeah,
1: anyway. So they peel off And he's driving them Through the jungle And he's taking He's like This field is where This happens yeah. This is this like And also I installed This ramp And he like ramps them <laughs> He's over like I had thing. to use
0: This escape route Many times Right And he has like A garage door opener That like lifts the ramp And then they ramp over The like It's sort of a stream It's not like a river river But it's right. It's probably bigger Than a stream But whatever And then he hits The button again And the ramp raises Even more to make Like a
1: barricade So like a little wall Yeah, yeah. So they he takes them out to this field, and it turns out to be El Tenedor Diablo, which is-
3: The devil's fork.
1: The devil's fork. Yeah. That's what they were looking for on the map.
3: Just like that biblical story, the fork in the road.
1: Right. right. right.
0: And everyone knows that Judas took the road less traveled Less by. traveled, yeah. yeah.
3: For 30 silvers.
0: Yeah. And I just want to point this out. 30 pieces of silver in roughly 33 or 32 <laughs> AD- would be worth a shitload of money now.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you Silver still has, had like, them recession
3: proof too, bro.
0: Like it, it is.
1: So now that they know where the stuff is on the map, they decide that they're gonna go to the nearest town and she's gonna take the bus to Cartagena and give up the map. And it's undetermined whether or not they're going to stick together after that.
3: Right. You're generally supposed to wait three days before you call a woman after your first treasure hunt.
0: Oh, is that the rule? I've not seen swingers in a long time, so I, I don't know all the rules.
1: <laughs> I think those rules are bullshit. I think if you like, people tell them. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. I mean, I've never adhered to the, you're supposed to wait a day after a date before you call a woman up.
1: Yeah, you're only supposed to have
3: one guy on a date with you.
1: <laughs> first off, rude. Secondly,
0: I fucked that up. Yeah.
1: So, they get to the hotel And my favorite thing about this is, you know, all of our comments about the airport were were like, they really chickened up this airport. The hotel, he's like, hey, do you have rooms with baths in them? And he's like, yeah, of course all of our rooms have baths in them. And then he's like, do you have a Xerox machine? He's like, yeah. yeah, of course we do. Like, this is a modern society. <laughs> I do love how they're called Xerox machines and not just copy machines. That's uh, because originally Xerox was only, one of the only companies that made them.
0: I mean, I'm sure that that is true, but I thought that that was funny. I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is an old movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like how people call them KitchenAid mixers, but there are actually many companies that make them. Yeah. But yeah. Uh... So uh, she pays him the 375 and he's like, let me buy you dinner, and I'll get you some new clothes, and yeah. you can get cleaned up and supposedly there's a big party here tonight we're going to have fun yeah
0: well and she goes to call the guy who wants the map and is holding her sister hostage right
1: right we don't see that call but she does yeah
0: yeah but that's where that's what she's doing while he's getting the room and stuff
1: right yeah ira
0: Ira is his name. Yeah. I kept thinking of him as Jim Carrey. I can't help it.
1: (laughs) So she comes out of the shower. He's laid out clothes on the bed. Now he did only get one room. Well, yeah, but he went out shopping while she was showering.
0: Then he came in to put the clothes in and then left. I
1: know, but he only reserved one room.
3: He hasn't been paid yet. And that 375
2: does not include expenses. She
3: paid him before she she went to make the phone Uh, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is still part of her trip. So she needs to pay.
1: No, that's not what I'm talking about, Mikey. You are missing this entirely. Her point is that he knew already that they'd be sharing that room. And, Paige,
0: listen, when you know the vibe is there, you roll the dice. Because honestly,
1: she could have gotten her own room. She could have. There ain't no sex like
3: vacation sex.
1: Well, this is also (laughs) true, though. As I've learned from my repeated trips to Ripped Bodice, this is actually a specific trope called the one bed trope. Hell yeah. Tell me
0: everything about this one bed page
1: a situation is created in which there is only one bed for which multiple people at least two have to sleep in and share or in many cases where it's like so-and-so is protecting you and i can't let you sleep alone like if we're outside like camping and stuff it's a
0: way to force people to be in the same like bed together yeah
1: Yeah. to be all close and cuddled up and what usually happens it's like buildup of like they end up in the same bed together and they end up like waking up all snuggled up and then they're like, oh, I didn't mean to do that until eventually they very much meant to do that. Until um, penetration. Yeah, penetration. Uh, <laughs> and so this is a very, it's, it's a movie, it, this is a movie uh, version of the one bed trope. Yeah. Uh, another very famous one, Terminator. Yeah. Yeah, Terminator's a one bed trope movie as well.
0: And then the morning after they throw dynamite at each other, really cute-like.
1: <laughs> I one of my favorite because that that dino dynam- <laughs> those pipe bombs where he's like be very careful because it's you know it's explosives and then after he's like i love you sarah i came across time for you and then he goes over and like grabs them and just like shoving them yeah. in that double bag he's like so fucking stupid i can't believe <laughs> i said that I Need to recut that scene where it like is like an explosion <laughs> right there and then it's like credits credits anyway so they go out and they're eating dinner together they go out dancing he gives her a necklace i mean they're having a good night on the town they're having a good night on the town yeah and danny devito meanwhile is trying to steal her purse while they're dancing i love this and unfortunately he's climbing under another woman's table and she finds him and just beats the shit out of him. (laughs) i realize that danny devito
0: is a bad guy in this movie but i love him in this movie he's not that
1: bad I mean, he was suggesting that they should have just killed her instead of kidnapping her earlier.
0: Yeah, he's got a good plan that probably <laughs> yeah. would have worked. Can I <laughs> offer
1: you an egg in this trying time? <laughs> uh, it is, he's not a good guy. Oh, I mean, he, no, he
0: is a bad guy, but I love him in this movie. He does come oh, yeah. back for the sequel. Hell, Does yes. he
3: really? I've never seen the sequel. You've never seen Jewel of the Nile? No, I have not. Which I'm sure is very culturally sen- sensitive for Egypt.
1: Probably not. And it also did not make a lot of money compared to this movie, um, as we will talk about in fun facts. Cairo Airport, full of chickens in that movie. So many chickens. Who <laughs> would have thought? So they end up making out in the middle of a dance circle, Hell, rude. Yeah. Like you do.
3: He's really showing off those moves. Yeah.
1: Uh, we'll talk about that in Fun Facts. Oh, damn. paige
3: has got facts on Fun Facts.
1: Facts on facts on facts. And all of them are fun. So they ruin a dance circle by making out. And then we cut to his him looking at his boat photo after <laughs> sex. Which is like, I don't know if that's what he needed to just like you know get to the finish line or what sometimes the man
0: just doesn't get there during penetrative sex so he needs to like finish himself (laughs) off afterwards so So like see a
1: picture of a boat you just like (laughs) really need to
0: get into boat porn you know
1: wait (laughs) do you think it's because he pictures himself a (laughs) seaman
0: i think he's just like super into barnacles
1: Ew! oh no Mm. I don't like barnacles They're gross
0: Barnacle me baby (laughs)
1: Let's move on I can't (laughs) I'm done (laughs) Anyway she says I I don't know why You haven't taken the map To go get the treasure yourself I thought you would Yeah And he's like no And he kind of convinces her That they should both go And then we kind of cut down to reveal that he had taken the map. Yeah. It was between the mattress. He was fully going to go without her. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Yeah, listen, nobody
0: ever said he was a good dude.
1: He's not. At the end of this, when we ask if they're still together, the question should really be, are he and that boat still together? They are. Because... You know what they say, the most happiest days of a man's life is the day he buys a boat and, and the, the day he, day he sells, sells a
3: boat. It. A lot of single men my age just buy a boat and then post about it on social media a bunch to get women to just hang out with him on the weekends. Because of the implication? Yeah. Because like, how many bro <laughs> like, bro dudes my age have bought a boat? They post pictures of them partying on the boat every weekend with like women. I was like, you don't hang out with them. And I'm like, oh, they're hanging out with you because you have a boat. I get it. Um, this has not been my experience. <laughs> uh, we have a, we have a very popular party lake near our home here. Ah. It was once a town that they flooded and underneath that town is a raisin, raisin case.
0: case. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, you got to take a canoe out to the middle of Percy Priest scuba dive down to the pool under Percy Priest Lake. Dig Get the under cassette the pool. tape
1: in the tackle box at the bottom of the pool. Anyway, so the mercenaries show up in, in the town square. They hear them coming. So they sneak out the window and they steal a car. It happens to be Danny DeVito's car. Yes. But they drive out to the field where they were before. They follow the, the markers on the map and then they have to fold the map to know that it's a waterfall. And then they're kind of like solving riddles with the map. They don't really focus as much on yeah. the map and the riddles. That's more of like an Indiana Jones yeah, yeah, kind of Yeah, it's like
3: off screen.
1: They're like, thank God we figured that out. And I was like, did I miss a part? Yeah, there's no like the penitent man goes behind the waterfall. Like it's just them being like, guess that's it. <laughs> they, I mean, honestly, the finding
0: of the stone that is romancing is the easiest thing they do in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and so they dig it up in this little stalactite pool. And then they like unwrap it and it is it's in like an Easter Bunny statue that is very modern, which I found very funny because she was like, it's a priceless statue. And I'm like, is it, though? That looks very precious moments. And so they smash the statue and the stone is inside it. Yes. So as soon as they start to kind of make their way back, who is there except Danny DeVito, who is like, I'm gonna take that stone from you. And so they're kind of chasing and grabbing the stone back from each other when the mercenaries arrive.
0: Yes. I do love when they get out of the cave, they're like running away from or Danny DeVito starts running away from them. They get in the car and then like run him down in their car and like Michael Douglas. He jumps out jumps, while the car is moving. Yes, jumps grabs out of the stone a and jumps car. back
1: into a moving car. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and before that, I do like what Danny DeVito says DeVito says where he's like, At least I'm honest and I'm trying to steal it. I'm not trying to romance it from out from under her yeah when and you're kind of like ooh. ooh he romanced
0: the name of the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: anyway I do also love that when the mercenaries on horses show up he's like the mounties <laughs> <laughs> he does yell
0: the mounties and as Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner are driving away you see both the jeeped mercenaries and the mounties like not collide but Just like
2: scroll like,
1: yeah and they're like circling Danny DeVito <laughs> yes uh, which explains why he couldn't com- com- why he couldn't communicate to Ira that they already had the stone. Yeah, that the map is useless. So they're driving. They're being followed by mercenaries. She like pops a wheelie into the rapids and then is trying to steer the rapids. And I so like I'm funny. sitting there thinking I'm like why is she steering? And then he says why are you steering? And I was like. Thank God, because like (laughs) if nobody said anything, I was going to be like, are we supposed to believe? (laughs) But
0: Paige, only in an 80s movie will you take a Volkswagen Beetle off of a waterfall
1: and then jump midair. Now, here's the thing. That waterfall doesn't look that high. Like, I think you could survive the jump itself. Probably. My worry for this would be. That you would survive the jump and then the car would land on top of you. Yeah. 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 So it's still dangerous, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, they survive. Uh, But they end up on opposite sides of the river and he ends up with the stone. She ends up with the map. And he's like, perfect. I'll meet you at the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that because, I mean, honestly, like
0: all she needs to give them is the map. And they'll give her her sister, and then she's done. And
1: he gets to keep the stone. Like, I would be so happy, too. Or that's what they think. I mean, provided no one has communicated that they have the stone. True, know, Like, if somebody has communicated that, she's about to walk into a death trap. And they don't
0: really know what happened to Danny DeVito. And to your point, if he does make it out,
1: he could tell Ira. Yeah, so you're right. Right. So we cut to the Hotel Cartagena. She checks in, and she's calling, like, has he checked in yet? And they're like, not in the last two minutes. Stop calling us. (laughs) So... She calls for her sister, and they give her directions to take a water taxi and to go across the bay to this, I think it's like a military base or something, or an old military base that has a tower. So she gets over there. Like
3: an old fort.
1: Like an old fort. That's what it is. And she hands them the map, and they literally are like, you guys can go. (laughs) Like, it seems like they're going to get away with it. But as soon as Her sister and her go to leave. Someone shoots at the ground around them because the mercenaries have already arrived. Yeah. And they have Danny DeVito. And so they're like, where's the stone? We know that you found it. We know the map is useless. What's up? And she says, we dug, but we didn't find anything. And... As she does, Michael Douglas shows up, but he's also pretending like he doesn't have the stone. Like he is not helping. He should have jumped in a little faster than he did because they cut her hand and they're like dripping blood over the crocodiles. And at that point, then he's like, okay, uh, okay, so I have it, but it's in a safe place. I'm not going to tell you where it is. I love where he's hiding it. It's so stupid. And
0: I was here for it. Because someone takes the butt of a rifle and hits him right in the nuts. And you hear they like pistol a- pistol
1: whip his dick. Yeah, they do. But you hear like a kink. Like you don't hear a like- Well, he has a delay and pretends to be hurt, yeah. but he's not. And then he shakes. He does like this little like hip dance and it shakes out of his pant leg. Yeah, have done that before. <laughs> in what
0: way? What? It doesn't fit in a mailbox. So you do a little hip dance and it comes out the bottom of
1: your pant leg? <laughs> I did hear a story one time of somebody accidentally pooping their pants, but it was like like a whole poop, not a squishy poop, and they yeah. shook it down their leg. <laughs> I was like, this is a terrifying story. Well, I mean, if that happens, it's a worst case scenario, right?
3: But like, what else can you do?
1: That did happen in an episode of Workaholics as well. So it lands on his foot. He says, choke on it, and he kicks it over the gator pond. And Zola reaches out to catch it. And a gator takes his fucking hand. It is
3: awesome, yeah. So this is a Happy Gilmore it, prequel.
2: <laughs>
1: well, it's like every other movie that, across our multiple podcasts that we have done, including alligators, where someone loses a limb and immediately we have tourniquets because yes. he also tourniquets his arm. Fuck! Remember the crawl episode of Horror it like Page? It was like five tourniquets. Yeah, so many tourniquets in that damn movie. There's a lot. Uh, So everyone kind of scatters at that point. Uh, He's got an AK, so he's shooting everybody. Joan and her sister run off. That gator runs off and is trying to like slowly escape gator style. And I do think it's funny that like he's running after the gator, but you see the same shot of the gator kind of going around that curve of that, building because i bet you can't like train a gator to go fast on command or at least not in like a specific direction i don't know i could be wrong but i'm not an animal trainer so i don't know but yeah i mean gator gonna do what gator wants to do (laughs) gator is a living dinosaur i mean i
0: I think these are actual crocodiles i but whatever i mean they're still yeah in the same ballpark of Gonna murder you.
1: Murder lizards. Yeah. Murder lizard gonna do what murder lizard gonna do. And so. What I love about crocodiles and alligators is like, unlike snakes or
3: spiders, they generally just don't sneak up on you. They do sometimes, though. They can be sneaky,
0: and they can actually run pretty fast, which is terrifying. But yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, you you know where they live, but generally. for short
1: bursts of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and from what I understand, if you're on a, f- if like you're having a foot race for your life against an alligator or a crocodile, you're not supposed to run in a straight line. You're supposed to like serpentine because they can't turn as fast as they can run straight forward, I think.
1: I've heard that. That might be a myth. It might be. I honestly don't know. You guys should Google that.
0: Actually, you know what, guys? Don't Google it. Literally risk your lives on some shit I think I heard once.
1: (laughs) Why do people zigzag when running from crocodiles? Uh, They conflate crocodiles and alligators. Uh, Well, yeah, we just did. Uh, But it applies to both. Okay. Head in a straight line. The myth about moving in a zigzag motion is just that, a myth. They can move it up to 10 miles per hour, so... Just take off running because they can run very, very fast, but not for a long time. So you as a human can probably run at the same speed for longer and outrun them. Still, don't get close to gators.
0: Yeah, honestly, just stay away from gators, you idiots.
1: Anyway, so Ira and his men take off on the boat with what men they have left. They're basically like cutting their losses. We're leaving. And they leave Ralph behind. Meanwhile, Joan and her sister are trying to escape, but Zolo blocks their path. And so he's kind of ganging up on them. Yeah. And she has a knife. She stole it when his hand got cut off. And she tries to throw it like the girl in the beginning of the movie in her book. And he just immediately blocks it with a piece of wood. Which I love this shot because it's so clearly shot in reverse. Yes. Where
0: the knife is stuck in there and they yank it out with like a fishing line or something. And then he moves the log
1: down. Yes. But it
0: honestly, it works. It's magical.
1: It works. It's magical. Her sister faints. Yeah. Uh, and he comes after her with the knife and she calls for Jack, who's down below trying to get the crocodile so he can get the stone back. <laughs> I did love that for like five minutes, he is like yanking a crocodile tail <laughs> as it tries to yes. like just go about its fucking
0: croc life and just like swim away. And he's just like wrestling a tail. It was
3: so funny. Hashtag croc life. You know what I want to see? A crocodile wearing crocs. Okay, I walked into a location. I'm not going to name names or places or anything like that. And there's a security guard. I looked out the security guard, who's supposed to be, like, in charge of our safety, I guess. Yeah. And he's wearing Crocs. I would immediately rob that store.
0: Yeah,
2: he
1: (laughs) he can't keep up with you in Crocs. What is he going to do? Garden at you? I was
2: was laughing so hard.
1: I have a walkie-talkie gibbet on my Croc, so you better watch out. Anyway, so he lets the Croc go and then just free climbs this giant wall the wall, is it like, uh, it's like
0: leaning back. So he's not like climbing straight up. It's more like like on a diagonal.
1: It's not straight no, it's down. A, it's a straight ass wall, it's, dude. It's not, dude. It's not. I swear it's not. It's not on enough of a lean that would help you. I mean, it gets him that first couple feet, but then he's like finger grabbing it. So he climbs to the top. But by the time he gets up there, she and Zolo have been fighting and she grabs and burns him with his own cigar. Yeah. And pushes him and like tosses the cigar where it catches something on fire. She dumps him into the fire and then he falls through into the alligator pit. So she kills him just as Jack gets there. They hug and kiss. Meanwhile, Ralph is left hanging while the police boats show up. And Michael Douglas says to Joan, her sister, get to the American consulate. Don't mention my name. And she's like, you're leaving me. And he's like, you're going to be all right. And then dives (laughs) off that wall into the water If the movie had ended there I would have laughed so damn <laughs> just hard Him almost belly flopping From like 30 yeah, feet like, in the
3: air <laughs> And then credits I, That's how I've been mean, like Oh man we gotta like get together for real now You're gonna be alright
2: Jump <laughs> I'll always love
3: you
0: I do think it's funny that he jumps into the water that that crocodile just swam into, and he presumably kills that croc with his bare hands.
1: Yeah, from the top rope. (laughs) He he dropped that elbow, brother. He He dropped the people's (laughs) elbow from the
3: top rope. (laughs) That crocodile died of (laughs) (laughs) Hokamania.
1: He takes a running jump off the top with a folding chair.
3: (laughs) But the crocodile's
0: just waiting for him. He's like, do you smell what the... Croc, Croc is cooking! Is
3: cooking. Oh, <laughs> he probably just followed it around till it pooped out the emerald. No,
0: he kills it. He's wearing it as boots at the end of this movie, oh, Mikey. True.
3: Well, we don't know that. He could have just bought boots and been like, oh, yeah, I killed that alligator. He <laughs> tells her. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: that
1: true. I would, <laughs> I would definitely believe that it. he did yeah, that. Yeah. He says he killed it, but no, I'm with Mikey. Those could definitely be fake. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut back to New York where... Her publishers reading her new book where she has clearly just written an autobiographical account of that time she dicked somebody down in the jungle.
0: Yeah, which honestly, Paige, you read a lot of books that have that same premise.
1: <laughs> honestly, this is a very Paige's romance novel summer energy movie. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, uh, But then she mentions the the end where he dives off the high wall and swims, but then meets her at the airport. So great Yeah And uh, this is where she says Not a hopeless romantic A hopeful And she still has the necklace Yeah So we cut to her walking home With groceries Lettuce Baguette Right And there's a boat Outside her apartment On a New York City street.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's being like towed. It isn't like on its side or whatever. Like, they are clearly taking this boat they just bought to the harbor, I guess. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It just reminded me of the community episode where they take sailing, but community is in a landlocked. And so it's just in the parking lot. It's so dumb, but I love that episode. I love that episode. (laughs) Anyway, so (laughs) they toss down a rope ladder. She, you know, yeets her groceries to the ground. And she climbs up the rope ladder and this is where she sees the crocodile boots and she says, I like your boots. And he says, yeah, that crocodile suffered a fatal case of indigestion and died in my arms. I guess that could have, like the crocodile toked on it so he (laughs) dies in the water and just retrieves the body. (laughs) Yeah. What would have been really funny though is if he's just like, he says that whole thing and he's like, the boots are unrelated but I bought them because they reminded me of it. (laughs) It's not the same crocodile at all.
3: He was my best friend.
1: Anyway, he says, Uh, it died in my arms, and she says, well, if you're going to die, there's nowhere I'd rather die. And I'm like, hey, girl, uh, that's a crazy thing to say. Yeah, that was a line. I was like, we're not going to pull a notebook. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He reveals that he read all of her books. Oh, I think he just read one book. He just read one of his books. Well, and then she says, then you know how they all ended. Well, yeah, and then he kisses her. Yeah. Yeah, he, he kisses her, and then it turns out that he is named the boat after Angelina, the character from the first book. Yeah, and then they drive away on the boat, and then she
3: says... Am I going to get half the money from the Emerald sale? And he's he's like, like, no, no." your half
1: went towards buying the boat. Yeah, all of it's the boat, and then my half was the boots. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, how did you guys feel about romancing the stone? It's a classic.
1: Classic. I enjoyed it immensely. I had a good time today.
0: Yeah, I honestly would love someone to reboot this franchise. That that Lost City is pretty similar, but a little goofier. I want to recast everyone except for Danny DeVito. But okay. I want Danny DeVito as Goblo Gabilgian from... It's Always Sunny. <laughs> go
1: or or no, Oingo Goblogian. Yeah, Oingo Gablogian. Yeah. Okay, if you were recasting everyone but Danny DeVito, who are who are your two leads, modern day? I know what the studio would do, and I hate yes. it already. Because you know it would be Chris Pratt? Yes. Yeah, I know. I hate that, too. I was actually thinking
0: Chris Pratt would be the guy they would pick. I'd rather go with Pine. If we're picking a Chris. Ooh, Chris I like Pine. Pine. Chris Pine, Pine And I, I mean, I feel like he's a little bit older, and you want someone a little bit older in that role. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: I honestly, uh, what's, who was the girl
1: in Fresh? Oh, Lucy. No, not Lucy. Daisy something, right? <laughs> Daisy. Des- Daisy Edgar Jones. Yeah. Um, I, I would like her little, as the n- novelist. I think she's a little young for she it. She probably is. You're right. Okay. Outside pick. Alan, or is his name? Alan Richeson, the guy from uh, Reacher. Oh, shit. Has- oh, he would yeah. be good. Yeah. He, he, he brings some good like
0: outdoor energy. Dude, yeah. Blue, he was awesome in Blue Mountain State. He could do anything. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then for her, I want more of, I want a little more sass to it. I want like an Emma Stone, maybe. Oh,
3: yes. Paige. Stone would be good.
1: Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, real outside the box. She's a romance novelist. Make it eighty. Bryant. Does she act? Okay. Yeah, dude. She had her whole, her own TV show for three seasons. What show? Shrill. Okay. She like won awards for it and shit. I don't know. Ooh,
0: speaking of people who won awards for writing their own TV shows, who was the girl who did um
1: Fleabag? Oh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I would love it if she wrote it and was in it. She would. I, my thing with AD Bryant is go with a chubby girl, hopeless romantic. Oh, I don't know who that is. That's why I was wondering. I, I don't oh okay she's from saturday night live Live, it's the reason i will never get cast on saturday night live because they already have one of me (laughs) like buy into the trope of hopeless romantic who can never find anyone make it a chubby girl and put her on this grand adventure with like pinnacle shoulder hotness like i am here for that that'd be a fun ass movie i mean i'd watch it but again
0: Danny DeVito playing Ralph. I need Danny DeVito to reprise Ralph. That
1: can't change. And
3: no one explains why he's like 40 years older than he should be. No. I like this movie. (laughs) I also like that tropes were like picking out the tropes that we usually make fun of for more modern movies were back in in the 80s. And I was like, how far back does this go?
0: I honestly really dug this movie. I'm sad I didn't watch it until today. Uh, I feel like I've been missing out on many years of enjoying Romancing the Stone. So... I will definitely watch this again. Really dug it. I think they're still together because there's a sequel,
3: but I don't know that answer after the sequel.
0: I mean, they definitely are still together because there is a sequel that comes out the next year, which usually means it's not going to be a very good movie because they rushed it.
1: I will tell you uh, what happens in the proposed third installment
0: heck yeah
1: uh so yes they do stay together through the sequel at least and into what they pitched for the third one i love it so there's that
0: somebody better lock down chris pine for a three-picture romancing deal
1: i i love chris pine for this chris pine would be great but i also you know get some shoulders in there get richardson in there.
0: i mean he would be great too you're right do you want to hit us with some fun facts
1: yes well hit
0: us with your fun facts
1: Jungle, fun fun facts. facts. Uh, So the phrase romancing the stone is actually jeweler's jargon. So it usually means uh, it's part of the process of setting a stone. So it's where you prep the actual gem for use in jewelry. Okay. Um, It has over the years taken on colloquial meanings like masturbation or uh, often referred to romancing someone who's not romancing you back. If that makes sense. Um, But in this movie, there's a literal stone. So, you know, this, as I mentioned, was supposed to have a third movie in the franchise, and it would have been called The Crimson Eagle. Romancing the Stone, The Crimson Eagle. Okay. Um, Or I guess it would just be called The Crimson Eagle, because it's Romancing the Stone, Jewel of the Nile, then Crimson Eagle. Uh, In the third one, they are still together, and they were supposed to take their two teenage kids to Thailand, where they would find themselves blackmailed as a family into stealing a precious statue. However, after Jewel of the Nile's poor box office reception, they canceled the third film. Well, oh, that makes me sad.
0: Yeah, it makes me sad too. But honestly, I, let's reboot this franchise. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. So the movie, as you know, was set in Colombia, but it was actually filmed in Mexico. Some of it was also filmed in Utah, the cowboy stuff at the beginning. Yeah. So early cuts of this movie... Were somehow so bad that it gets Robert Zemeckis fired from the job he had set up after this movie, which was to direct the movie. Do you want to guess back to the future? No. Okay. That's what happens after this is a hit. Okay. So it has not come out yet. Okay. He has another job lined up. The initial screenings go so badly that he gets fired from his job that he had lined up. Any guesses on the movie? What year? Uh, this is 1984. This
3: came out in 84, yeah. Empire Strikes Back.
1: No, no. He, remember, he's a new director. This is one of his I've first movies. Uh,
0: it was Cocoon. Oh, no Ooh. shit. Okay. So he got Back to the Future because this movie did so well, didn't he?
1: Right. They allow him to do Back to the Future. Okay. I
0: mean, Romance in the Stone was a hit, but Back to the Future made Zumeckis his career.
1: Exactly. But, so that initial cut is so hated that they go into reshoots where they reshoot like a third of the movie. Wow. Okay. Yes. They fired him from cocoon, but they allowed him to finish this movie. And he argued, he's like, we can save this movie. If we make changes, I promise it could be like the, you know, core of the movie is good. So they actually wrote an entirely new prologue and epilogue with, uh, Holland Taylor, basically adding Holland Taylor in. Yeah. Originally in the first cut of the movie, her publisher was male and they thought that they didn't have a very friendly relationship. So it felt like Joan had no friends. So putting Holland Taylor's character in, she now has a friend to talk to God, and can yeah. talk about kind of her dating woes. Cause all of the talk of her being a hopeless romantic was not in the original cut. Okay. So that's all added in later. Then uh, they added all of the scenes in her apartment. And refilmed the scene in the crashed plane where they learn about each other while they're, you know, basically uh, getting a contact high from the marijuana. Yeah. But they filmed it five months later. So Michael Douglas had actually put on a fair amount of weight for the next project he was doing. So you can actually see that he looks very different in those scenes versus others. And her hair was so different. That's why they usually pull it back. In that oh. scene,
0: nice. Okay,
1: yeah. There's additionally a change. One of the last changes made uh, was by a screenwriter named Trava Silverman, and she's uncredited, but she was the one who rewrote the opening scene so that Joan had a cat. Because one of the things that the audience had commented on when she lived alone is that it they just were sad for her. Yeah, they, they couldn't connect with her, but her having a cat seemed like. She did enjoy her life. She does enjoy being, you know, this kind of writer, having her own life, even though it's a little odd, but getting out of her comfort zone is still good for her, if that makes sense. So those are some of the changes. Now, Michael Douglas had been involved from script stage. And Mm. one of the things that essentially got him to take on the role and actually be in the movie was that he would get to use his rock climbing skills. Because apparently he's been rock climbing since he was a teenager and he and his dad would rock climb on the set of Spartacus what? in 1960, awesome. uh, which was filmed largely in Death Valley. So they would actually rock climb, but that meant that they had to build fake rocks for him to climb throughout <laughs> this movie. Now, as I mentioned, Michael, Michael Douglas was not the first choice for the movie.
0: That's so wild because he was involved like way before they even got to the who should be in this phase.
1: I think as a producer, maybe, because he had already been in a handful of movies and stuff at this time. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, he was a huge actor in the like 80s. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. So their first choice was Christopher Reeve.
0: Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> I don't think that would have been a good choice. Me like, either. I love Christopher Superman? Reeve. Superman, their next choice, Sylvester Stallone, which would basically just be Rambo with a love story. I know. And honestly, I don't hate that
0: idea. Yeah, I don't hate See, it. See, here's the
1: thing. I, I hate it for it being a good movie, because I think what we have right now is a pretty good movie. Yeah, this and is I a think good with movie. Sylvester Stallone, it becomes like a JCVD movie. Like yeah. it's it's not a great movie with Sylvester Stallone. It becomes
0: a different kind of great movie. It's like so yeah. so bad it's great.
1: Right. Yeah. Then they went to Clint Eastwood, which I think is a terrible choice. Yeah,
0: I think Clint Eastwood's always a terrible choice.
1: I just he he has no warmth to him for me. And you need some warmth in that role. And then Jack Nicholson, which, by the way, like okay. this is after The Shining, oh, like yeah. Jack Nicholson, then Paul Newman. Now, Paul Newman, I, I kind of get Newman, yeah. Paul
3: was a little old. I, I could see Jack Nicholson doing this really well. Yeah.
1: And he turned it down because he thought the violence in the movie was excessive. Paul Newman Paul did. Paul Newman
0: did that. Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. was super busy making his like dressings. I get it.
1: Yeah, Um, Kathleen Turner was also not the first choice. They had gone through a couple, most notably uh, Deborah Winger. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah, Deborah Winger uh, couldn't work out because of, I believe, scheduling conflicts, and then they offered it to Kathleen Turner because she had just done Body Heat, and they really liked her in Body Heat.
3: Body Heat.
1: Now, Kathleen Turner and Robert Zemeckis did not get along. They argued through the entire production schedule. Oh, wow. Because she didn't like the way that he would... Constantly manipulate the blocking to fit his camera shots that he wanted to get. Yeah. Where she was like, You're fucking around with the camera. I'm trying to act over here. But apparently she got over it because she does provide the vocals for Jessica Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit Only a few years later. Okay. Which is also Zemeckis. Yeah. I think in part because she didn't have to be on camera. Like she, it's just her voice. But in the famous mudslide scene, A woman named Janine Epper was the stunt double, and she was also very famous for being Linda Carter's stunt double on the Wonder Woman television series. Filming in Mexico caused a lot of problems. Same thing happened with Predator around this time, if you'll remember our discussion of Predator on Horror Virgin, where Mexico is like inhospitable to film sets, but they dealt with rain, mud, bugs, alligators that were not the alligators they hired for the film, um, and all of their stunts and action were done live. Unfortunately, after one of the sequences involving an alligator, the gator got free and swam away, and the trainers had to track it down, but it attacked a trainer. Oh, no! And took, and took the trainer's hand and spun and took him under the water. What? The crew managed to <laughs> basically rescue the man and his hand, which was not completely severed, They got him to the hospital, and the hospital was able to save his hand. Oh, thank gosh. uh, That's
0: amazing. But what about the the jewel? Yeah, did they get the jewel out of his stomach and then make (laughs) him into shoes? He didn't,
1: and he doesn't have shoes either. So in the famous dance scene in this movie, Michael Douglas didn't know they were being filmed. They were dancing between takes, and Robert Zemeckis happened to be shooting.
0: I love that. So he was actually just dancing, having a good time with her.
1: Having a good time. That's great. I love it. So in 2011... NBC bought the rights for a TV series adaptation that never happened. Um, but around the same time, 20th Century Fox, who still owned the rights, wanted to reboot this. Do you want to guess who they cast?
3: Oh, what's What year? What year?
1: Uh, this is early 2000s. This is like 2005. Tom Cruise. No. Dean Cain. Too old. Both of those are too old. Andrew Garfield. Too old still. Shia LaBeouf. N- way what? too young.
2: In
3: the year 2000? Andrew, uh, what, the, what the fuck is his name? Who played Spider-Man? Andrew Garfield.
1: Toby Tobin with Toby with Wire? Toby no. Wire. No, too young also. I don't know, Paige, just tell us. Yeah. It was Gerard Butler and Katherine Heigl. That which sounds would have also been awful. So that sounds terrible. Uh and those are your
0: fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So, what do you think the production budget was for Romancing the Stone? In 1984
3: I'm gonna go 15
0: I'm actually gonna go 20 Okay So you're both a little bit high It was 10 million dollars And if you adjust that for inflation That works out to be 28.1 million dollars today So a pretty decent sized budget But for all the locations they're at I feel like they would made Good use of that money Yeah This movie came out On March 30th 1984 And was number 4 In the theater The week it came out It was beat by The number 1 movie that week Police Academy The number 2 Two movie was a movie that I'm sure all of us will know. It's called Greystroke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. And then number three, a movie we've done before on this podcast, Splash. Number four is obviously yeah. Romancing the Stone. And number five was one of my favorite movies that Kevin Bacon jizzes confetti at the end of. And that is Footloose.
1: Footloose. They play that at the wedding I was at
0: this Love weekend. that movie. Okay, so... What do you think Romancing the Stone
1: made in its first
0: weekend in theaters?
1: It was second? Nope, it was four. Oh, number four. Yeah. Number four. I'm going to say two million. All right, Mikey, what do you think? Six. Mikey, you're
0: way closer. It was $5.1 million. Now, for its first nine weeks in the theaters, it was in the top five somewhere this movie premiered at number four and then immediately the next three weeks so it's second through fourth weeks were number three at the box office it's fifth week out it was number two at the box office and that's when it starts to slide down the box office so it like i think was sort of a sleeper hit it premieres at four and then stays in the top five and like Bounces back and forth. Like it did pretty well, but not in its initial launch. Anyway, so what do you think it made total domestically in the box office?
1: I'm going to put it at 80 because I know this was a huge hit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm going to say 88.
0: All right. It was $75 million. It went on to make another $40 million in the international market putting it up at a total of $115 million. And if you adjust that for inflation, that would be roughly $323.7 million today. That's pretty good. This movie did very, very well. Yeah, which is why it got one more sequel, which I'm sure we'll do at some point. And honestly, can't wait. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait. But that is your box office. I think we already sort of did, are they still together?
1: Do you think Ira and the crocodiles are still together?
3: No, I think Ira's dead as shit. On a scale of one to 10, how romantic did you find this film?
1: I mean, it's it's kind of like a rom- romance novel, so I'm going to actually put this at like a seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. I, I'm going to put it at a five. Yeah, okay.
0: I'm going to put it at a three. It's not super romantic for me, but oh. I am here for wow, it. Wow,
1: Todd. I loved the movie, but... Do you think him and the boat are still together? Yes. I um, think him yes. and the boat are the only
0: relationship that is actually lifelong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just sailing off into the sunset. Yeah. So
0: this week, we watched for our 100th episode, Romancing the Stone. Next week is my week. And yep. I thought it might be fun if we did a like summer type movie where like people find love at the beach. And then I remembered that in 2003, two thousand three, the the winner of American Idol did a movie <laughs> with the number two. Person on American Idol And that movie is a musical that takes Place over spring break in Miami Florida called From Justin Justin to to Kelly Kelly. And it is apparently One of the worst movies ever made Yes it is I've never seen it Myself but honestly I can't Wait
1: she wears a skirt made of neckties
0: Hell yes
1: Is we have we have to talk about The fashions Mikey it's It's super bad just regular so if you can get through just make it through the pop songs it will be madness yeah
3: you know we did not create this podcast to do musicals and we can go back a hundred episodes
1: oh uh, contraire <laughs> two out of
3: three of us
0: definitely yeah. wanted to do yeah. musicals on and honestly show. mikey this sounds to me like it is blood diner the musical like it's that level of bad
1: it's real bad and it's early every kind of early 2000s bad the one thing that saves it Is you have Kelly Clarkson in it that's the only oh, yeah. Good part about it and she's not good In the acting parts of it but at least The songs are catchy so you're like well at least This is happening great the thing Mikey Hates
0: the most Yeah. <laughs> anyway so your homework for next Week is to go back in time To where I don't know Kelly Clarkson Was still on American Idol and watch From Justin to Kelly So um, yeah guys if you like This power thruple that we have here on this Podcast make sure to check out our Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter. Who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's it.
1: It. it's just romancing pod show because they have a character oh. limit, and it's show s h oh. o like Showtime. So, guys,
0: check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week?
3: Uh, I, uh, CK mm, CK Snide. Okay. Well, what does CK Snide have to say? Stop to fight between me and... It
0: says stop to fight between me and my partner.
3: Okay. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. I am obsessed, all caps, with Paige, Aww. Todd, and Mikey. Yay! We all made the cut. Nice. Yay. I listened and re-listened to all of the episodes of Romancing the Pod and recently wow. introduced my partner to the show. Aw. We've been traveling quite a bit and love putting on the pod on the road.
0: Well, thank you so much for introducing it to other people. We appreciate that.
3: Word of mouth is the best advertising. We got into a small tiff last week. Oh, no. For some mishaps and we're not speaking. So I put on the remember me. Episode. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> God.
3: Oh no. It only took 30 minutes for us to start screaming, laughing, and the fact that I accidentally added 40 minutes to our already eight hour drive was forgotten. Oh no. So thanks.
2: Oh no. This
3: group of people could talk about rocks for six hours and I would listen. Five stars.
0: Well, CK Snide, thank you so much for that awesome five star review. And I'm so glad that we could help you and your partner with that um, you know, touch of roughness on your road trip.
1: Ooh, touch of roughness. Uh, That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us.
0: To
3: completion. Can I put my hand in your crock?
0: No. Oh, no. What part of the woman is the crock? Look at that, (laughs) snapper! No, no, Mikey, no. (laughs) Bye. Romancing the stone nerds. (laughs)